Welcome to the Ether. Today is Tuesday, November 8th, 2022. Today on the Ether, part one of a two part Chepe Space Opportunities. Let's take a listen. Okay, well, this is an interesting day. Just kind of got off work and catching up with things here. I need to pull out another computer for this. <laughs> Just nonstop drum. Up, up only was kind of entertaining today. Hopefully, you guys caught that on Twitch. Super interesting discussion going on with. Kobe and Ledger and company. So Dokon made a quick drop off there. I didn't get a chance to see that part. I don't know if you guys did and have a summary of whatever he said. Hey, Ten, can you hear me? Yeah. Hi, Stephanie. How are you doing? Yeah. Did you happen to catch the Twitch stream at all? No. You said the the one with Kobe. So Dokon was on there, right? Yeah. I think they, I don't know, they moved. They moved to Twitch lately, or they used to do it on YouTube, but I guess they want to do live stream, and Twitch is better for that. So they had some interesting guys on. Um, It was a pretty entertaining little show there, I guess, while everything kind of crashes and burns. Um, Yeah, so I guess the question now is what to buy, right? (laughs) Basically, (laughs) assuming anyone has any money. Um, Interestingly, I think Coinbase is still dysfunctional. Um, Let me see if it's actually possible to trade on here. Um, one second. I want to see if it's actually like let me buy some Bitcoin and see what happens here. Mm, let's make sure everything. Let's make sure the exchanges are functioning. Um, are they over? Yeah, Bitcoin at eighteen six. So I bought a little. So I bought a coin now. Now no problem. So Coinbase is functioning. So I don't know if anyone knows about all the rest of the exchanges. A lot of times when there's heavy exchange traffic, you know, a lot of exchanges will go down. If you've been at this for a while, you'll notice that. Um, so that is kind of a danger in crypto too. Like if you think you're going to be able to sell or buy when you believe you can, a lot of times you can't even get on to the fucking exchange to buy what you want. That can be annoying. Um <clears throat> So <laughs> it's a frustrating problem. But yeah, Coinbase confirmed functioning, which is good. Um, I think uh, so. You know, I, I, I pretty much assumed that Bitcoin would do another retest of its prior bottom. Um, or, you know, it seems a little too easy to have a straightforward capitulation event like in, you know, twenty late 2018 or the COVID 2020 dump. Um, everyone's always looking for that, like that deep dump and then the you know kind of a new bull market starts um so usually like the coin sort of flattens out you know you eventually get like a flattening of the 200 day moving average and then you have another capitulation now uh bitcoin's 200 day moving average is still in a downtrend technically so um it's um uh, we're not anywhere near like flattening out there but at the same time it's like 
uh, everyone always waits for this sort of deep capitulation dip and then tries to grab those. Um, those in, in BTC history, like pretty much any deep capitulation dip is an auto buy for me. It's a given. I bought it 3000. I bought it like 3,500. Every time there's panic, it's like, all right, I've got cash waiting and I just go buy some. Um, usually from like, if you get a straight line down, there's almost always a two X, uh, at some point pending, uh, because once all the longs have been liquidated, it's become sort of an up only thing at that point. So I am going to be watching for BTC buys in particular. Um, as far as like, you could do this, you could do similar probably with Ethereum. Um, but in DeFi, the thing is like, I don't know how many, um, I just don't, it, you never know how much, uh, cascading liquidation is going to happen with these events, uh, and when, when it's going to stop and when you get a reversal, but usually these kind of deep drops usually imply like continued bearish conditions for, you know, some you know months at a time and stuff. It's kind of annoying. Anyway, um, let me kind of see if I can pull up some stuff. I'm trying to get my, um, like desktop up here. Um, <clears throat> I'm wondering what happens after market close when the stock market closes, you know, normally the, the things kind of keep dropping after that. Yeah. I'm kind of pulling up also the stock market for a moment too. That's what I was pulling my other computer up for. Um, because if there's any negative headwinds there too, uh, let me just do a quick screen of the NASDAQ stuff for just a moment. But there's a lot of commingling of uh, the same in investors between uh, NASDAQ and crypto. So there's a so when NASDAQ tends to dump, you know, crypto traders and whatever feel poor, um, especially people who've been around for a while and uh, and uh, are not as interested in taking on more risk. Um, let's see. So, yeah, Amazon is sitting at uh, like eighty nine seventy one. Um, it's got a long way down to go to theoretically Tesla, what happened to it? It was had it's kind of dumped yesterday, another 1.87% today. Um, it's price to earnings ratio is still like 60 and needs to drop another 50%, I think. So yeah, the stock market and NASDAQ have like quite a long way down to go. It potentially, um, it, the, uh, if you've never been through a, a tech bubble burst, which I've been through, like, I don't know, several now. Um, you haven't seen shit yet. <laughs> like, you know, like typically like when I bought Apple, for example, it was generally below a P to E ratio of 15. Uh, I bought Apple in 2000 at the dot-com crash and, um, uh, it represents a substantial portion of my wealth, generally speaking. So I have like one of the best stocks in the history of the world. <laughs> like I bought it at the very bottom or whatever the fuck. I remember also when Steve Jobs died and a lot of other things. Anyway, point is, um, yeah, so crypto is not, like for me, this is just a toy for the most part. It's just play money. Um, and, you know, it's, I, I enjoy it and everything, but it's not like, uh, uh, it's not like NASDAQ's not necessarily correlated with um, with the crypto market. And I think there's a, there's a good 50% PDE compression still to come on things like Tesla on Amazon, things like that. Um, I think they're relatively high priced. Apple's relatively held up mainly because there's like nothing else left. There's like no other like flight to safety. So it's um, Amazon, I'm sorry, Apple has been relatively speaking um, sort of like 
good as gold in a sense. It's held up better than Bitcoin. Actually, Apple has a better store, store of value function in Bitcoin by a wide margin so far. In terms of any kind of like buy the dip opportunities, you always did better with um, um, Apple dips, generally speaking. But um, anyway, so but BTC is what I'm kind of going to be buying on this drop. And let me pull up the charts and stuff. I think uh, as far as mining cost of Bitcoin, um, so if you use like the mining um, cost as sort of a benchmark, um, I've always like. I've always wondered if that would become a floor price for, um, you know, for Bitcoin, but it never did. Actually, if you look at like the back of the last five years, like the price of Bitcoin has generally tended to fall below mining cost, which currently, depending on where you're mining, you know, whether it's like if you're using off gases from Russia or some shit, like it's a lot cheaper. You might be getting Bitcoin as low as 10,000. If you're in the US, I don't know what the average price is now, but it's probably sitting around 20K or something, uh, inflation and everything else involved. So um, uh, I think we're in, in the right range for buying BTC. Generally, it's like I was thinking I would buy again. I'd be a buyer again, like 15 to 16. I bought a whole bunch at 20,000 at the beginning of the bull market or like in the middle of the bull market. Because I figured a breakout from prior 2017 high, you'd have a massive run up. So I had some, a fair amount there. And then um, uh, pretty much like been hoarding cash for the last year approximately. And um, BTC at, um, yeah, like, you know, if anything below like 16K, I think is really, really palatable to me. Uh, can it go a whole lot further? I suppose it's possible. But I don't really mind a holding. I have Bitcoin for way cheaper. It doesn't bother me. So I think, yeah, 16 and below, I'll probably be a heavy buyer again. I bought a little bit just now when, while I was testing Coinbase. Um, but um, otherwise, like, uh, then there's other things like, I don't know, Solana and this and that. Um, uh, some of the arguments people are having is how much does Alameda uh, have in terms of Solana? What is their um, exposure when it comes to FTT? I don't know how commingled those two companies are, so I don't know. Um, I, I really don't know uh, if there's like a contagion risk for uh, Solana or for Alameda specifically. Um, since they're separate companies, they may actually be protected from one another, one another in terms of things like bankruptcy. Um, I don't know what this FTX being bought by Binance tweet has to do with a whole lot. Like, I don't know if that means that it uh, helps prevent, uh, uh, you know, FTX from just falling apart, being totally liquid, and then causing the market to otherwise crash. Um, I don't know. Um, yeah, I don't know what's going to happen with um, the Solana next. So I think if I was going to like take a gamble right now, the obvious gamble in this market, I think Solana is sitting at like 22.82, which is right below kind of like a major fib level um like that's like the most obvious down only token at this point for me i think it's rational for it to hit like 11 bucks i wouldn't be concerned about that at all i think that'd be pretty normal actually honestly um so you know if i was going to be doing any shorting that's probably it i just might be parker short there but you never know like with the market already having substantially dropped you could see a spike and get liquidated though so if I was going to do a short on Solana, it's going to be something where I have a pretty wide um, berth of uh, for a possible spike upwards as well.
anyway, uh, hey Bruce, what's up? Uh, did, are you making any money on this mess? Um, <laughs> I uh, I opened a, a, a ridiculous grid. Did you that. did you even sleep, or did you just kind of have you been watching this fiasco take place? Oh, I haven't slept. I, okay. uh, I opened a really silly grid on FTT. Um, okay. After just when it started to pump again, uh-huh. um, a lot of people longed it. I think when uh, the news came out, and I, I I gridded it at the top, and it was making ridiculous money. It made one percent uh, profit <laughs> in terms of like my the grid profits in like five minutes, and then it made like two percent in ten minutes. And I was like, Jesus Christ! It kept going, kept going, and. Um, uh, I think I made like 4% in an hour on the grid. So I was like, yeah. And then it suddenly just started dying. Um, so like when it got under my grid range, I just had to close it at like a... That's a, what I was saying to you. When it, with like the, that's the problem with something that has like a, a zero potential, right? That's where the grids kind of get nasty. Yeah, it was just a... Well, it's a short grid and then we, in case which you're fine, but... Yeah, I ended up, I ended it just down like 1% or something. <laughs> okay all right well that's good <laughs> i was like i didn't know if you opened up some big position and just didn't sleep or some shit you know but like yeah even but even render like you said it's dropped a good 25 percent because it's tied to solana and you know there's like just solana panic basically going on as well because of alameda and uh like sort of saying before it's not really clear how much exposure there cross exposure there's between alameda and ftx and uh, I, I just don't know what the implications are for Solana if they have to to liquidate some or something like that. But yeah, interesting time. I think we should uh, use this whole situation for the the lung community somehow. Uh, <laughs> I posted a tweet: Is uh, is is CZ buying FTX just so he can use the existing funds on FTX to buy and burn lung? Is that the reason for all of this? Surely it's uh, it is <laughs> like that makes perfect sense. Um, did you happen to catch Doe? Anybody here catch Doe on up only? I didn't. I didn't hear what he said. I'm curious if he said anything funny. Mostly, <laughs> mm, I caught a bit of it. They had um, like Martin Shkreli, you know the yeah, guy. Yeah, Shkreli was on there. Martin I was like, what the fuck? I think he's pretty smart. Actually, I've listened to him a few times. Um, he is. He's he's uh, he was providing his justification for orphan drugs and stuff like that. And I deal with seventy thousand dollar drugs and things like that too. So it's like, like I've I've had things I've prescribed like one hundred and forty thousand a year and stuff. So I understand um, the, this industry. Yeah, but, but that 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 part of it was it was it called uh, diaprim or something? I can't remember what it was called. Mm. Something like that. Um, that wasn't the reason he got convicted. though. it was some other thing, wasn't it? It's the some kind of fraud or investor something. Um, I don't, yeah, I don't know what the exact unrelated. He was in the news for the 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 pharmaceutical price hikes things, and then it was one of those situations that just nobody understood. And clearly, it wasn't that bad. <laughs> it was just like oh, yeah, the nature, right. nature of the industry. And then he got right. um, taken down on something else, and it was kind of like the the news about the, the drugs and stuff might have led to like a biased jury, I guess, or whatever. But he's one of those guys who's just like a bit kind of um, chaotically, um, I don't know, impulsive, mm. but intelligent too. So he's one of those guys who probably has done some sketchy shit at some point. <laughs> but he's, <laughs> he's one of those guys who kind of floats through life and schemes and, and does tricky little things. You know what I mean? He's one of those guys. Yeah, uh, yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I, I, I haven't followed his 
thing. I just briefly knew of him because of the insulin thing, but that was about as much as I paid attention. But there was, um, so he, he, Dokon came on the stream. Uh, I don't really know who Kobe is. I know he's like some kind of crypto celebrity or something. He seems pretty boring to me on the whole. Um, don't really understand how he he's, he's pretty funny. He's got great. He's got good. He's quite witty too. So I think he's yeah. um, he's got a good Twitter presence and everything. Yeah, maybe he was tired then. Um, but he was like seemed pretty tired and drunk or something. And the other people were a little bit boring. But then Do Kwon came on, and I think Kobe was just laughing because um, it was kind of an unbelievable situation. And then I think they asked him some basic questions or like uh, I think they asked him stuff like do you have any advice for Sam in this current situation like <laughs> how to get out of it yeah. so that was kind of, he said then, Sam's going to be like, fine he started answering then he was like hmm, maybe I'm not the best person to answer that because I didn't really deal with it my best myself and then they asked him some just random questions like what are you doing these days and he gave a kind of a it, it was a bit like he'd he'd entered a situation where they were really drunk and he was just sober. So it was kind of silly, um, like a bit of a vibe mismatch. Um, it wasn't mm. quite, it, it probably wasn't a wise choice to do for anyone. Um, and then Martin Shkreli came on and pretty soon after he came on, he said to Do Kwan, like being in jail isn't too bad, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> he was like, it was like being in, being in jail yeah. is not too bad. It, it's like, it's, it's okay. Really. It's not as bad as you expect. And Do Kwan was like, okay. Um, Thank you for that. It's good to know. <laughs> Carried on, and then like Dokwon didn't stay that long. And then like two, two, five minutes after that, he just said he had to go for a meeting or something. But it wasn't too bad. It was just like um, I don't know, a bit, a bit of a random set of appearances and combination of people. It wasn't really a um, an interview or anything like that. It was just like appearances. Five dollars thirty, FTT, FYI. Um... Sorry for everyone who didn't hold their shorts, keep their shorts open. <laughs> if you did, you just you would have made quite a bit of money. Um, but yeah, five dollars thirty. So, are we looking at zero or like no point? No, 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 no. Yeah, there goes your trade <laughs> trade alarm, man. Oh my god! Uh, the um... goes off when your stop gets gets hit or what? Like. Oh my god! Yeah, what a day! Fuck me! Yeah, no, I think uh, no, I think Max Payne is still pending, and the reason is because the uh, like some major stocks, um, Apple, Tesla, um, and others are sitting at like just like support levels that look really, really questionable, given that um, revenues for the next couple of years are probably highly questionable globally with all the inflation and everything. And uh, so, yeah, I think there's plenty of room for some downside here. And I think this um, next few months, like normally there's like a Christmas rally type of thing in the stock market. I don't know. It looks kind of dubious to me in the grand scheme of things. Um, it's like numerous retests of support on the on the Nasdaq. So um, and a, like I said before, you guys came in like a lot of crypto traders um, that speculatively got rich in crypto um, were Silicon Valley. and um, you know, folks that made a lot of money in NASDAQ or like felt like they were like NASDAQ rich, right? Like they had their, they had their stocks and stuff. So um, a lot of folks, their portfolios have had some definite meltdowns in terms of overall valuation. And so there's going to be a lot of people um, in that arena that aren't going to be particularly jumping right back into say crypto 
immediately. So I don't know. We'll have to see how the next step. I would say three months is going to be really telling uh, just with the direction of everything. So, but hey, Sophie, I, I think we have a good chance that the stock market just follows crypto tomorrow. You know? Yeah, I think uh, it's I think, already I, starting to head back down a little bit. Yeah, I, well, I mean, the, the growth stock, um, the tech growth stocks have been just like egregiously overvalued. Um, Tesla being the most obvious of those. Like <laughs> there's a, uh, you know, it's Tesla's performing now, like almost like a, you know, like, almost like crypto in a sense. A lot of people got into it because of just like hype and excitement too. Like the growth multiples, it had P to, P, P to E ratios. And I told my sister-in-law to sell it at like, uh, she, had, she had a shit ton of Tesla and she sold it at like, I don't know, I think close to the top. Like, you know, I think it was like 1200 at the time. It was, it was reverse split, I think. And so it's like $400. I believe she sold it like close to the top pretty much. And, and you guys, then, what, um, what's that? You guys watching this, it's like hit 17K. <laughs> Bitcoin. Oh, Bitcoin did just now? Uh, FTT is down from five dollars thirty to four dollars thirty since I last spoke. Yeah, Bitcoin. I see it at eighteen right now, but it's the volume is really starting to pick up. So this mm -hmm. it'll be interesting, and I I feel I, I I caught a little bit of that Do Kwan interview, and it did seem like they were kind of just having fun with them a little bit. But I I caught the part where he, where they asked them about Sam. And he's like, oh, Sam will be okay. And they all started laughing. So mm. I don't know. But, you know, it's interesting. It's not clear to me why they went so aggressive on leverage. It's And why would you do that on your own token? I guess they just got like, it's another one of these Icarus moments or whatever. Just cool. kind of flying too close to the sun type of thing. Or maybe they felt like. Because, yeah, the, the, they're about to, in December, or in the next couple of months, like, take over Voyager's assets. It's a pretty good fucking thing that that got delayed, because there was a vote that was going to take place for all that, and that got delayed through December. And Voyager uh, users' assets were going to be acquired by FTX, um, where they paid, like, a premium of $50 million for a total of, I don't remember what. But that was supposed to be, ultimately... Um, a way for Voyager users to get back about 70, 70 to 72% of their assets. Now, uh, with this going on, I have no idea what's going to happen with that. Um, and with the market generally down, that also makes it perhaps possibly harder for, um, it makes it poss possibly even harder for uh, uh, a deal to be struck with various different parties. Uh, so that whole thing's going to be a mess. Um, I don't know. We'll see how that I'm sure they'll announce some things over the next few days with the market the way it is. We're uh, we're heading down into the 1700s. The 1700 what? what? Oh, BTC. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. It's, but you know that though, Bruce was like kind of expected. I think not not necessarily because of this, but because remember I mentioned this like. Um, that typically in a really bearish condition, double and triple bottoms are are almost expected. Like there was almost no way BTC was going to go up without it almost. So it's like mm. this, that yeah. is like, this is sort of an excuse for that to happen almost to me. Yeah, this is technically retesting the bottom for sure. And we'll yeah. not a problem. What was the bottom? 17.5, so, what, right? 17.5? 
Yeah, seventeen six sixty or so, seventeen five. Yeah, that was the the drop. June. Um, in yeah, in June when everything sort of crashed and there was like that deep like it went down, drop. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, big liquidation dump there. And then yeah. now it's like this is sort of still sideways still. So this is what I was saying before. Like Bitcoin so far has just been going sideways for just about all mm. this last half of the year, which you know that's a good thing. Um, you want the like you you need kind of sideways action for probably another six months, given the just the steep decline in the two hundred day moving average. It's like just the like just on a log chart the the forty five I mean started the um the two hundred day moving average is still at like a forty five degree down angle like it's not even close to flattening right and that's kind of how you're going to tell that the market is sort of like finally flattened out and only time can heal that wound it's not as if like well time or just a massive upward increase in price but where's that going to come from right now so um, yeah it's and then there's going to be uh you know there's going to be stop losses probably. 10% below this too, because you know, some fraction of the upward movement in Bitcoin is probably longs, right? So yeah, the next like sort of like fib level down is 16,240. Yeah. So anyway, so I, I basically I was just checking Coinbase just a minute ago, because that's where I have to go buy stuff. And I'll probably go buy a pile of Bitcoin at uh, maybe buy, um, yeah, anything in that 16K or below level, I'm definitely buying me. I, I'm buying for myself. Yeah. I think. Some people were having a hard time logging in due to the high volume. That happens with Coin with their mobile app during these high volume days. But I, it's yeah, obviously a lot of liquidations happening. If um, <laughs> if Bitcoin gets who the hell sold all this Luna all of a sudden? It's like dropped like thirty one percent, guys. Did you notice that? It's crazy. Yeah, I did. I did notice. Um, like a FTT dip. Yeah, three dollars thirty. Holy fuck! It's actually going to zero, straight up. Yeah, that looks like a <laughs> probable zero. Uh, wow, impressive. I'm wondering, <laughs> everything's tanking so fast, and I revenge shorted Solana after I got fucking liquidated on that announcement, and then it just completely retraced. But it's down 35% in a day. Like, how much worse can this get? I, I feel like shit has to stop. Yeah. There's a there's going to be yeah. uh, Anytime you have this mega drop in one day, you're going to have a a pretty solid pop at some point. So yeah, there's a point after which shorting it just becomes kind of like it becomes pretty aggressive gambling unless you have a really wide berth. Yeah. Hey, hey, real quick, Mm -hmm. Sefi, I pinned a tweet from CZ up at the top from about thirty minutes ago. He said something about um, Merkle tree proof of reserves. Have you ever heard that term before? I know they're talking about proof of reserves for like, you know, bank reserves. He's saying that Binance is going to adopt that. Yeah, I don't I don't know what it means to set up a Merkle tree for reserves, but I think it's just some way of you being able to uh, a customer being able to verify uh, without asking for a big balance sheet or something. You'd be able to verify verify what their uh, assets actually are at any given moment, Mm -hmm. something like Mm -hmm. that. And some some calculation that determines like what reserves should be present, given how many customer funds they have on the platform. Um, FTT just hit three point two dollars, so it's just straight down. <laughs> uh, hmm. Yeah, interesting. Algorand thirty percent. So what I'm always interested in in these ultra drops is I'm always interested in the inflationary tokens. 
Uh, because if you're ever going to buy an inflationary token, like the ones that have high yield, um, you want these things at the ultra bottom yeah. when possible. Yeah, if you can catch them on a down day with like a 20%. Yeah, that's true long-term yield if you can get those, right? Wow, the sell-off is obnoxious. Like even Adam's down to 11.30 right now, 19%. Really ridiculous. Yeah, it's just wicked. I think people are just having, uh, I think, yeah, I mean, it's just, I think it's just on sentiment now, really. Just incredibly fast. This. Mm -hmm. Well, you hit certain liquidation points with BTC. So you're now, yeah, BTC just is testing its um, June bottom. So um, the probability of falling down below that is pretty much 100%, <laughs> like just because it just will. Um, there will be liquidate, there will be stops to be hit for another thousand points minimum. So, um, yeah, like, so everything else, remember, like, people borrow off their Bitcoin to buy a bunch of other shit and they have like positions sitting everywhere. So everyone has to deleverage or get um, liquidated or whatever. And um, yeah, just quite. It's, um, <clears throat> it's a lot of forced selling, you got to think, because exactly. <clears throat> people like yeah. um, Alabama, Alabama, Alameda, uh, they, um, <laughs> They probably lent out or they borrowed a bunch with FTT as collateral, you gotta think. So like that's probably the start of the contagion and then who knows like what's going on behind the scenes here. But there's a fuckload of uh, forced selling on a whole wide variety of assets. Like like Luna as well, yeah. What the fuck? Bruce, you gotta be careful with that link position you have. It's dropping pretty fast too. It's like six six. Like you're not gonna get liquidated, are you? That I don't know, maybe. Probably need to like look at that carefully or, or add some funds to it or something. Fuck, I can't even fucking get out of this short. <laughs> <laughs> what you can't log in or what? I fucking it 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 won't go through and now I'm out of gas and I'm trying to swap on quick swap and it's fucking the slippage keeps uh this is <laughs> yeah, see, this is this is what happens during these high volume times. Like if you people can't get in and out fast enough. And so Oh I mean, yeah. We, we know. We've been through those before. <laughs> oh, yeah, of course. You guys brutal. know. <laughs> it's brutal. Um, hmm. Yeah, this, yeah, on, on Link, like, I've just, um, actually, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to buy some Link because <laughs> uh, I'm just going to get some anyway. This is, a, this is a good general zone for it, I think. I'll have, I can top off what I bought. I mean, $7 was support for Link, right? And it's right there. I mean, it just went right back down to where it was. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah, it could, it could go down a little bit further, but um, I just, I'm just going to top off what I bought before. Remember, I already doubled my money on Dogecoin, so the, the money I'm playing on this is just fucking around, honestly. Um, I'm not really, like, expending anything here. Yeah, I'm just keeping an eye on Solana. I mean, Solana is max pain. If it goes below, you know, $20, it'll be just total, complete chaos i would think i don't know well remember uh the the magic of DeFi is there's all sorts of degen positions out there right i don't know like on soul end and all these different things like what people are you know what kind of leveraged uh systems there are but these things cascade pretty aggressively this is why like things like liquid stake tokens or whatever can cause all sorts of chaos essentially um but yeah, the, the cascades could be quite extensive. 
And it's, it's sort of good, like, it's good that these happen periodically. Um, and these are the absolute most interesting times to be buying, for sure. Like, I'm, I'm always paying attention when this happens. Yeah. And this, this is why, like, the NASDAQ has the circuit breakers. When I think when there's a 10% move down, right, right. circuit breakers kick in. And then they fire back up after 15 minutes. And then if there's another 5%, I, I don't, I forget. I know it's, it, it cascades. Uh, uh, yeah, it's at ten percent. The circuit breaker kicks in, and then if it drops another to twelve point five, it kicks in again. So I mean, yeah, the, the, the circuit breakers there were also put in for um, national security reasons. Um, the reason is because not just for all the usual things you might think about, but also because if, like, for example, I were to plan some kind of um, yeah, I shouldn't say I, this is a public space. If someone <laughs> were to uh, plan some kind of major like terrorist attack, like a 9-11 or something, and they have, you know, all sorts of, um, uh, yeah, they short the market. Yeah. They short they the market. Have financial, yeah. yeah. People can have financial positions that they could use to manipulate the markets. Um, the bigger the markets get and the more deleveraging that can happen one day, the more there is a uh, a drive to consider a some kind of terrorist event to push the market prices yeah. where the other, so that's part of why that's there. Yeah, the best thing that can happen to you on a day like today with crypto is is if you're not paying attention and then like you start looking at it after the twenty percent drop, <laughs> and then you're like, oh, okay, so you know, but watching it yeah. go down can can be hard. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm not too, um, I don't know, any guys are uh, very heavy right now where it's like like you're taking a massive beating or what? Oh, yeah. I got liquidated for $990 billion uh, on right. FTP. Yeah. The close of few, for sure. Oh, you're just kind of you're just closing a few things? I had to close a few and add margin to my link position <laughs> to save it. <laughs> So you're kind of busy there playing. Oh, Obi's here. Let me see it. Yes. It's so uh, fucking annoying. When when you close one of these bots, it takes fucking ages to get your USDT out. Because there's like some kind of queue to process it all or something. So often you the you close a bot and you're like, give me the fucking funds so you can add the margin to the other position. And it takes mm. ages. It takes like 10 minutes. Anybody know anybody like reasonably senior at Binance? I'd love to hear. I mean, they must have a team going through the FTX like books like right now. And <laughs> it, it seems like the market, it seems like the market is basically pricing in like massive illegal activity uh, at FTX, like commingling users funds with Alameda or whatever, like, um, because there is, if you if if you're just going by the book and doing you know one dollar deposits for but where 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 is Alameda um where is it situated as far as uh, jurisdiction Bahamas is it their headquarters in the Bahamas is it Alameda and FTX or or each individually I, or I don't know because yeah, uh, yeah it's going to depend on the jurisdiction so like if you are in the U S for example let's say you're Fidelity which is a brokerage. You cannot also or own like a market making thing and you can't also own on top of that a hedge fund that trades on the same platform and shit like that. So it depends on uh, what you're talking about. But like if it's a brokerage, 
like a Voyager, technically you can lend out uh, assets. But I think what they did was they had a certain amount of value housed in the FTT token. And I think they leveraged that to go buy, I don't know what. So they borrowed off of the FTT. So then when this kind of spat between these people and Binance, and I think CZ sort of like with that one tweet sort of triggered this event because everything was fine until he said something. And I mentioned this earlier, like CZ didn't have like a lot of options here. Like he, if he um, sells without telling anybody, then what you end up having is a situation where he is trading against his own platform clients, like the people on his own platform. On the other hand, if he, um, so if he dumps on it, dumps, like it'll liquidate, you know, people that are, you know, his own customers in a sense, which is not cool. This is why like you, you know, market makers and, and, and brokerages typically are separated in the United States. Um, then if you were to have a situation where he didn't say anything, um, yeah, that would be the problem. And if he says something, his, um, even saying something is going to cause, uh, an effect on the price of the FTT token, which then becomes sort of self-fulfilling prophecy. And I think his, the latest comment he made was, well, we'll buy, we'll sell the token over six months or something, as some, someone said. Which you know is interesting, but um, still, uh, you know, once you know FTX signaled that well, they're they're insolvent. Well, the whole thing goes to shit, right? So, I don't know. I'm not sure what happens when Binance take over takes over FTX. I guess user funds probably would be. Well, safe. it's not. It's not binding. It's it's a non-binding letter of intent, so they can walk yeah. away from walk this away. at any time. Sure. And there's just like unlimited downside liability. Like if 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 Alameda was, uh, you know, dipping their you know dipping their hand really deep in the candy jar here, then like like, I guess FTX would inherit a lot of that like the liability of having to like make those depositors whole, and then CZ would just like would just be like fuck this, I'm out. Yeah, I don't know. Um... Yeah, well, like, what is it? What is in it for Binance to be doing this? I suppose is the real question here. I don't know. So I think I think this is like a chance for them to really go under the hood and like get a high conviction view. But right, this is crypto, and you know, this pretty small circle of people has like extremely asymmetric information on whatever actually has happened at FTX. Basically, or at least that's that's kind of how it feels to me. And yeah, it would just be great to so you know what they're on seeing. Bitcoin here, by the way, exactly pretty much what I thought would happen would happen. So at seventeen seven, so the prior um, low I think on Bitstamp was seventeen six hundred, and then um, the price now fell below that and uh, and cleared the long positions right below that, and BTC dropped to about. 17139 and now it jumped up back to 18260. So that's what I was thinking like people are watching for a retest of that bottom liquidating the longs and then people jump in and buy spot and then just like you know take over the you know like these are my bitcoin now <laughs> like that kind of thing. So yeah, whoever um yeah, whoever stole their I mean whoever lost their bitcoin now gave them to me which is funny, but whatever. Uh anyway, so uh <laughs> Obi, what's up with you, man? 
Feel free to hop in anytime, by the way. Hey, yeah. I'm one of those guys that's doing the spot thing you just mentioned. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, no leverage, just uh, give me the cheap Bitcoin. Exactly. Um, <laughs> actually, I just missed the 17. I was thinking, oh, it might go down to 16. And of course, it shoots up. So, yeah, I've, I haven't lever- I've I've never taken out leverage on BTC before. I've never felt the need, really. Oh, I, I'm not doing leverage on anything right now. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the time for leverage was last year. Um, hey, you can't always pick up the bottom, Obi. So you know what? It's not it's not worth trying sometimes. But yeah, I'm I'm happy with eighteen five. I mean, I'm not going to sneeze at that. So no, you you, you can never hit the bottoms exactly, right? Um, but you know, it, just because it's eighteen something right now doesn't mean it won't be sixteen five in an hour. So. <laughs> um, yeah, but no, I, I, I've just been playing it real cash, just, you know, spot, doing my uh, yield farming on uh, Multiverse X now, formerly Elrond, and then uh, I'm waiting for that to pro- go down to, you know, once it hits 2,500, uh, 250,000 or 240,000 sacks, then I'll go in and get some but, uh, what, what price? What USD value do you want to get eagled at? Oh, I only look at it in terms of sats. Um, probably, probably in the forty nine fifty range. It's forty eight thirty now. So is it? Mm-hmm. What's it? Let me see on my phone real quick. Yeah, it already dropped to forty four actually, and then popped back up again already. Four dollars. It's still twenty six two hundred sixty thousand sats. So it's got a yeah. little bit further to go. Okay. Yeah, I guess it depends on whether you're spending dollars or sats on it right now. <laughs> So since <laughs> well, I don't spend I mean, sats on anything, then it's like, I just don't bother talking in sats because I'm not in, like I buy with cash generally. So, well, I, I was thinking about setting up a, an, an Eagle BTC okay. infinity grid or an a yeah. ETH BTC infinity grid. Yeah, that works. But then I'm also like, shoot, do I really want to send sats over to KuCoin right now with all the other exchange pressure? Right. Uh, when, right. When, when KuCoin only has like 16,000 uh, Bitcoin to begin with. <laughs> so right. that's kind of, maybe, maybe I should think of it in dollar terms and buy it at 45. Yeah. It's a question of like, yeah. Do, do you, do you leave things on exchange when the situations are illiquid? It'd be a bit dangerous. I don't yeah. have a whole lot on exchanges. It's just, it's just KuCoin bots is all. Yeah, like stable. The Lana just looks base. like the most obvious of shorts here. I don't know. <laughs> it's like uh, Solana. No, yeah. Solana. I mean, CZ is going to own Solana because all the think of the, the assets that, that FTX International owns are mostly just you know shit coins on Solana. So, <laughs> really, yeah, like Serum and, and some of the the liquidity lending po- protocols and stuff like that. So. I, I think, well, I, I tweeted out yesterday that FTX was negative on Bitcoin. They were insolvent on Bitcoin. As of yesterday, they lost like 21,000 Bitcoin. And yeah, someone posted that. They It was me. Uh, it was, so, yeah, that's yeah, why they where, started the halting the withdrawals. I mean, well, there wasn't yeah. enough left to withdraw, so they had to start halting because they didn't have enough. Yeah, yeah, they didn't have enough. <clears throat> and Now, what's interesting in this is that FTX US is still operating. It's just the FTX International is down. So um, they say the FTX US and Binance US are still still working. And I, I imagine when Sam is talking more in the 
we had full reserves and we weren't trading customer assets. I think he was probably um, saying a half truth, saying that probably the U.S. platform was okay, but the international wasn't, and he just didn't specify which was the case. Um, but when today, when it came out that FTX was insolvent, he specified the international and the U.S. was okay. So you know, you sometimes have to pay attention very closely to the words that are being used because you know a lot of times it's misdirection Solana's down 91% from its high from its all time high um, but does anybody really want that thing I mean they can't even keep their blockchain running yeah I don't know well clearly people are using Solana but at the same time yeah it's it's quite centralized in terms of its structure yeah. um, it's also it's structurized it's just call it's, it <laughs> yeah, you also have this centralized ownership risk from whether the Alameda or whoever. So, um, but like looking at the value here, like you, you could definitely get to Solana 11 bucks, I think. Um, I think what I'll do is I'll buy Solana at like around, so there's a fib that like the lifetime fib, like meaning if you look at the absolute um, bottom and the absolute top of Solana, you're, it just dropped below in one level which is 23.9 uh and it's kind of like hovering under there almost no chance it recovers above that with the news here i think i'm guessing so i think like 11.46 would 11.46 and then 5.50 right around those two levels probably a good time i think what else so i don't own any solana now that's, so that's what i was going to say six is what i was going to say so i'll say like maybe i'll buy like you know one pile at 11.50 and then maybe four times that much at 5.50 and that's probably a good like yeah right around there i think that'd be an easy so from there like there's so relatively little downside left because that's um that would be that would constitute like a 75 percent drop from where we are now and that would think okay so question do you think solana is still going to be relevant in the next bull run do you think that without ftx and oh no no no. i'm not worried about it from a relevance perspective i just think that's the price point where you'll likely see just a trading pop like i don't intend to own this okay thing. like i don't really care okay, that for it honestly right yeah no this is just more from just like buy it short term scalp dump it. gotcha yeah. gotcha so yeah I mean, you, these things will have a pop at some point because you'll have leverage traders who just want to play so no matter how bearish you are there's usually some run up at some point right so you just need to get a buy low enough and i think uh yeah that 560 would be like rational to me I know it sounds extremely low, but uh, maybe I'm being too bearish. I don't know. Whatever. Maybe I'll miss it. Who cares? <laughs> not too worried about it. Uh, it's like if if it hits and I get it, fine. If not, who gives a shit? Kind of thing. Yeah, and I don't care. Yeah, I just I just feel really after everything that's gone down in the market. I just outside of Bitcoin and maybe ETH. I mean, you know how I don't like ETH, but there's just there's there's not many alts I would even consider. You know, mm. um, Eagle and maybe adam <laughs> you know yeah yeah adam's held up pretty well um it's actually still doing just fine in my view Twelve twenty-five, like whatever it is now um, uh, i'm glad to hear you say that ob have you been paying attention to the the governance stuff going on with uh them trying to pass <laughs> 82 no i just think that it i just think that tendermint works and i think that yeah. there's enough strong development happening yeah, that that it'll be relevant whenever the next run comes around. Um, now, how high it can fly, I, you know, I don't know. It's highly inflationary, so 
Um, I, I haven't been paying attention. I'm, I'm not into the airdrop narratives of things either. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, yeah. It's um, with the Ax- Axelar bridge being its own chain. Like there's definitely between Axelar and Evmos, there's definitely stronger connections um, to the Ethereum world. And, um, but I, I, be, I think IBC is clearly becoming the, the, the winner as far as, um, cross chain, um, swapping and stuff like that. And, um, hopefully Thorchain com- comes, continues to stay, stay strong too. Also. So the reason I like, the reason I like Eagle and Adam is because they have pretty good, um, development communities that are, that are coder friendly where they also have, you know, some bridging that uh, I, I think will play out well. And, um, you know, I think I like Elrond particularly for like the NFTs and for, you know, gaming or, or business sharded chains. It's kind of the same way I look at Kadena. Uh, Kadena is another one I like in terms of proof of work and, um, you know, future scalability. I think it. I mean that one's down at a buck right now, so I'm I'm looking at that one drooling a little bit. Um, but you know, there's only like literally about five that I buy right now, and um, I'm not buying Adam right now. I'm waiting for Adam to go down to you know probably that six range again, seven range. But yeah, I'll be surprised if it gets that low. Um, I don't know. You know, it's it had the big. Uh, they had their conference at the end of uh, September and had some big announcements. And I, I agree with you. I think the dev teams um, within Cosmos are, are, do work pretty well. And, um, yeah, the scalability is there. So, yeah, it's good to hear your perspective. Yeah. There's, uh, Sefi, I don't know. Are, are you into Kadena still? Are you looking at that one at like a buck or three or whatever? Yeah, I've been getting a little bit on KuCoin here and there. Um because again, it's sort of flattening out. It's a proof of work thing, so it's at a level mm-hmm. where it makes it, you get to a point where it doesn't make sense for miners to sell it. So I think that's about right. where it's been, and um, so that's how I determine. Like, okay, um, if miners are going to hold, then it's probably time for me to hold. Just you, all you have to do with proof of work is think like a miner, essentially, and that's that's it. <laughs> like that's that's how you like figure out where to buy. So I kind of yeah, I've been getting a bit now. I think the downside risk is low here. Even if it drops another fifty percent, it's kind of who cares? Um, because right. from those lows, you know, these are all exponential movements. So, um, you know, if it does well, they're still doing all the usual building and everything. Now, there are some negatives to Cadena too. Like we don't have to drag this out, but like there, um, right. uh, like this chain web concept and how to really mm-hmm. scale that and make that useful has not been fully clarified to me yet. So, I'm not really heavy cadena but i do have some and i'm grabbing the bottom the t- the teams are smart people though yeah uh but at the same time that doesn't necessarily mean anything long term <laughs> it's not automatic well, do I, I just look at the chain web the same way i look at like the cosmos you know side chains right anything that anything that claims to be a layer zero really isn't right, right. the internet is layer zero exactly so, <laughs> um <laughs> It's just, it's just yeah. how interoperable are they, right? So, you know, I look at Kadena, I look at, I look at Metaverse X, and, you know, I look at, you know, Cosmos. I think Polkadot's going to get pumped up by VCs, but I think it sucks. Um, <laughs> um, you know, and you can make the argument, like we always go back and forth on, is, you know, 
are, are things just going to kind of build up layers as opposed to build out, right? Yeah, are things just going to evolve to layer two, three, maybe four? Yeah, opposed, remember, you know, when we were talking, remember when we were talking about like the negatives of Stormex, you know, the shopping token? <laughs> yes. STMX, that's the one that, what's the kid's name that runs this? Um, Simon. Simon, yeah, yeah, he looks like a kid, so I call him a kid. <laughs> Simon, yeah. Simon uh, he runs this Stormex STMX token thing, and it's like a shopping thing, like a shopping rewards thing, and they never really, like, they, they never created a tokenomics that made any sense. Like, it should have been probably inflationary to some extent from the beginning. And um, they, they were, like, getting outside funds to help pay out the rewards, and I knew that was going to be a problem. And, um, and the thing has been, like, dragging ever since. Because I bought it at, like, like point zero zero two, like, or something like that, or point zero zero eight. Um, no, actually, yeah, point zero zero two. And kind of, I sold the thing at like around, I don't know, like point zero eight. So I made a good solid wow. like half a million dollars on that fucker. <laughs> like it was pretty good. <laughs> wow. Yeah. And then, and then I kind of got out of it, and I was thinking maybe I would grid bought the thing because, like, you know, on the way down, but I didn't bother. And um, and I used my Stormex money on buying um. Like Luna at the time, <laughs> so it's like <laughs> so. I bought that's I used that money to buy Luna back um, in uh, twenty, like yeah, part of twenty twenty one, and then kind of ran. That's kind of what I ran up um, after that. But yeah, Stormex has been like a down only token ever since. And um, <laughs> I talked to some of the guys from their team actually about maybe moving to like switching their tokenomics and moving to Cosmos actually. And uh, maybe they could salvage the 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 mess that is their tokenomics. It would never. It's just never going to work. And one of their devs is actually interested in moving to Cosmos. So I kind of chatted with him about that and see if maybe that could be made to happen at some point. So yeah, one of the developers right. is interested, but like one of the one of the dev team is interested, and he was uh, looking at it. But um, uh, but like I don't think there's anything final on that. Anyway, <laughs> I got to hop over to a work call, but yeah, I had to get, I, I busted down to the silver level there just in the case that I do some shopping through the affiliates, I can get some Bitcoin, mm. but, but you know, that was one that just like, just like, all, you know, all the, all of the securities that are masquerading as crypto, you know, they're just trying right. to fund their business, <laughs> you know, exactly, exactly. Yeah. Many of these are just like security tokens for the most part, but yeah, unregistered security tokens. Mm -hmm. but no I'll, I'll hop on if my work stuff ends early but uh i don't know how long you're going to do this but a good catching up man good catching up yep uh hey machinery what's up or blaze what are you guys up to yo what hey. up man yeah hey go on i will i will be next yeah sure which we, we what are you buying today blaze you you start oh me dude i'm i'm freaking black belt man i'm watching everybody squirm i've been through this <laughs> So you, yeah. have cash, you have cash ready to play or what yeah yeah man that luna experience made us solid dude <laughs> yeah after that it's like you know right <laughs> yeah no i've had some fun i've get. yeah i've done I, I did a little leverage move uh when right when that tweet came out from uh cz and uh and then i jumped out you know it's so quick it's like ah, oh, that's too much money in 45 seconds jump out and then i've been i didn't catch any shorts i just been watching this bloodbath and um looking for uh, you know which which bags i'm going to start you know adding to obviously bitcoin and adam are going to be two that i'm going to start dcaing into uh, probably today 
And um, yeah, man, just having fun uh, observing the market and uh, just realizing how early we are as much as, you know, we've went through that whole conversation of, you know, you're too late to the party, you know, back when Luna was a hundred and all that stuff and everybody was all on their high horse. Um, but it just shows it's still super early. Yeah. Drama time today. It's fun. Um, <laughs> Bruce, did you sort out your positions there or what? What's that? Uh, yeah. I'm just scheming. It's almost like it's a waste of time to talk because I'm just trying to set You're up. You're trying to figure out what buttons to push. <laughs> Guys, 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 guys. Yep. Buy or sell. <laughs> how do I apply for go the, the opposite direction. How do I apply for the FTT CEO role? For the FTT DAO? This is I smell an opportunity. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, gonna be a new generation of bag holders. I don't know. Yeah, well, yeah. Well the thing about so <laughs> the history of the exchange tokens is fascinating. What happened was um I think the first token issued by an exchange i think might have been bnb uh or bsc one of those like it's it, binance kind of started this movement and then um eventually you had like like uh, i think okcoin you had kucoin you had um ftt you had the gate.io token like literally every exchange said hey look we should have a token um the us exchanges um, crypto.com has one, but most of the others do not. I don't believe there's anything for Gemini, Kraken, uh, Coinbase, for example. So the exchanges sort of came up with this idea that, well, you know, we already have people's attention. They're on our exchange. If we can bet, get people to buy this token in order to get like rewards on the, the platform, like on Voyager, on Celsius or whatever, and maybe like trading fee reductions and all this other shit that um you know we can basically like um sell what's considered a utility token but um you know if uh you know they but you can essentially use them as securities you can make money on this thing right and so a bunch of people showed up and um all these exchange tokens popped and what happened in particular was when binance um shot up in 20 like early 2021, I think, was when BNB shot and went like parabolic and stuff. Then the Voyager token and all the other exchange tokens just completely blew out. And many of them entered the top 100 cryptos in um, 2021. And like it was absolute euphoria. There was like whether it was the Voyager people, the Celsius folks, didn't matter who it was. Everyone's all excited. Oh, look, the you know exchange tokens are really cool. And, um, you know, like it makes sense because these are companies that already have captured your attention, you're using their products, and now they have this token and it has various little um, capabilities or whatever. And all of these things just like pumped like crazy. Of all of these though, I, I think the only one that, um, so the, the only one that really had been used as like where people borrowed off of their own token was I think this example with um, FTX. So, you know, it's interesting that people said that, you know, maybe like, oh, look, Do Kwan was irresponsible. Are you kidding me? Like Voyager and Celsius and um, FTX basically are orders of magnitude more irresponsible, supposedly irresponsible than anything that Do Kwan or Terra did. It's not even close. <laughs> like, at least that was a financial experiment. These things were um, 
like people that just had money on their exchanges and stuff and were doing just normal stuff. And, um, you know, we're, we're expecting that their funds would be reasonably safe and they, they weren't, but, um, yeah, like Celsius Voyager bankruptcies. Um, I think FTX maybe to avoid a bankruptcy situation is going this route where they go with Binance. I, I think it's probably the best thing for FTX users because if, um, if Binance buys them out, they'll probably be sure that there's enough liquidity for any users to uh, move their funds out. But the thing is, the probability that Binance is going to support or continue to like encourage the FTT token is probably uh, like kind of unlikely. Um, but just you have to remember, like Binance's tokens also have dropped in value. I think they said they had like I don't know half a billion dollars worth at the time. And I don't think Binance can just dump those tokens. So, you know, there'll be some kind of floor to this FTT price. It's um, at, it dropped at 254 and it's now at 532 again. Um, so yeah, if, if you bought the bottom of that, congratulations. <laughs> you could have made a 2X already. Um, so it's kind of funny. I think it'd be ballsy to be jumping in and out right now because this this drop is almost worse than Luna's. Like Luna had a couple of days where it hovered in like, the thirties or you know, I don't even know. It was one long day, but it hovered, you know, between 30 and 36 for a while. It's like, Oh, okay. It's funny in the bottom. <laughs> and then just boom. So well, I don't know if the FTT is going to do the same. It's the highest volume day for XT, FTX on Binance by an order of magnitude of like 10 X. <laughs> it's like there's this volume bar and all the rest of the volume line went to zero. because <laughs> this is the largest uh, bump in the entire uh, time crazy no this chart looks exactly like luna's unfortunately um, yeah yeah you guys know what's going on on coinbase i'm getting some messages that like people can't do shit still uh, you know I, mean, I think coinbase um i tested they it report they're, okay. they're a bit more transparent so people kind of know how much cash on hand they've got and stuff so mm, i'm not wor that worried about coinbase but don't make me jinx it yeah now, coinbase has been fudded for the last like, I don't know, since they opened, quite frankly. And they used to be pretty bad as far as like uh, you, where you try to log in anytime there's a tough market. Like, remember, like, you know, 27, uh, yeah, the crash after 2017 or even 2018, you would have these things and like you couldn't get in, right? You, the, the system would be all locked up because people are trying to log in. It's almost like a DDoS attack, except by the users. <laughs> and uh, you'd have that happen a lot. So the problem always with Coinbase was like the ti exact time you needed to get on was the exact time you couldn't either to buy or to sell. Um, the um, Coinbase, I think, probably is okay, though. Um, they have like plenty of assets on platform and, and, and cold storage and everything. And they, have, they do a lot of custodial work as well. Um, whether the company itself is going to be profitable at some point and succeed that's a whole nother debate but i don't think i'm worried about my funds on coinbase at this point yeah i want more of that but you know how it is like when things are jammed up the second it frees up people go in and panic sell you know because oh i can access my shit i'm selling yeah <laughs> so i'm if wondering anything, if that still if has anything, to come into effect there may be people um yeah and if ftx is more of like ftx international i don't know how many u.s users but uh, probably the traffic on Kraken and Coinbase increased because people probably need new accounts. Like they need an exchange now to work on use. Right. So like, it's quite possible that um, like what happened to the crow token? I'm curious, like if it went up or not, let me see. Well, the crow crow token, 
it had to the little appear with their card, right? But they really, really lagged on the rollout. Wasn't it in 217 that they were promising their card? Like, yeah, if, if you register, yeah, it was 217, I believe. You mm-hmm. get the first crypto visa visa card or something like that. And it's then it's crap. just four or five years. Yeah, it came out eventually. It's just not that great of a card. Yeah, and on Binance, uh, Binance really, I'm not sure. I don't think it's in the U.S., but in EU, you can have the Binance card, which you can do, uh, I think, 9K transfers. So you could top up, like, I don't know, PayPal Revolut with a card directly, instantly. At least, can... the, at least the Crow blockchain um, is a functioning Cosmos blockchain. They added Crow to Kepler now. They um, There are dApps and things that work on that chain. I haven't used them personally, but my understanding is that things are going smoothly there. The Crow token right now is at 0.10. The bottom was 0.05. So actually, this does start to look speculatively yeah. interesting now. We're, it's getting to a level, I would say, yeah. Um, Especially gonna, with the World Cup coming around, too. If we can time this, that would be a nice little flip. Yeah. So the bottom in May 2021 was around $0.08. Cents. Um, I might just sort of like... Uh, I'm gonna leave a, a alarm there at eight cents, and then just like see if it rings, then I'll kind of maybe buy some. Um, we can get it on. Um, is it on us? I think it's on Osmosis too. So I think yeah, we can it's on exchange for it. So I've got plenty of atoms sitting around, so I could probably just flip that to. Yeah, I'm gonna put an alarm for about eight cents, and if it drops back there again, I'll buy some, just for speculative purposes, not to hold or whatever. Um, but yeah, with, with these other exchanges in distress, right, the remaining exchanges are going to end up getting more customers as a result, I would think. Yeah. I've enjoyed Crow. I've, I've used the card for a while now. I bought it back at 10 cents back when the, it was between eight and 10 cents. And then, uh, you know, which, set which up the card, card from our card did you get? Uh, we just got the rubies cause we were just testing it out. And then I wanted to get the upgrade, but I think I had to. If I stop, I, if I got the upgrade, my card wouldn't work for a couple of weeks. So I just, I just didn't do it. <laughs> mm, okay. But my wife and I had it, and the rewards were pretty good for a while there. And uh, we wrote, we just sold it all, all the way to eighty five. We were just selling it to use as cash when we were going around traveling, and it was quite nice for the time. But um, still use it. Still a nice card. It's still a an off ramp that I enjoy. I'm in Portugal, so works quite well. Oh, really? Okay. You don't have problems with the card, like being rejected or not working in certain types of like readers. No, or whatever. no. Just one time, it got stuck in an ATM, but luckily, I my friend worked at the at the bank, so he got my card back, no problem. But because it's a little thicker than the rest of the cards, and <laughs> I was like, no, man, <laughs> I my card. <laughs> yeah, funny. Uh, I can't pull out, sir. Uh, well, the, okay. Bi- the Binance one also, you can use it ATMs. So it's actually a very slick card; like it's it looks cool. But that's the thing. It's, uh, I know it's only viable in, in EU. It's viable. I'm not, I think in US it's not, and I'm not, sh- not sure what about other countries. But it is quite nice. Like you can do internet purchases. Uh, you can any. You you can even choose. You know, you can top up if you're like the type of guy who likes to invest. And in by no means I'm shilling Binance, but uh, if 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 you like to like hold your tokens right and just keep them long term. You can even adjust accordingly the priority of which token to pay from, so whether it's stable coin 
whether it's from Bitcoin, whether it's from Ethereum. So you can even assess how to prioritize the payments from which uh, part. So that's quite quite neat. I, I was actually very pleasantly surprised how smooth uh, that works. Mm. Hey, Apex, you had your hand up asking something. Yeah, uh, I was. I had a couple questions for you, but um, in regards to the Voyager acquisition, FTX, do you think that's a no go? <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, I think the. Yeah, I don't know. Like, here's the thing: if they can make it work still, and Binance actually secures this thing, Binance actually wanted to buy Voyager, and I don't know who it was that. Um, like said that Binance could not do that. Was there an actual regulatory agency or was that just all hearsay? I believe all or, or did the judge in the... Didn't they get outbid? Didn't I don't know if they got outbid. I don't know. Or were they just excluded because... Remember, this is why CZ is pissed at uh, SBF, right? Like, this is what's happening. Yeah. The, he's he's angry because they made it sound like this foreign exchange is going to get too much power in the U.S. and this it's better if an American company buys Voyager or something like that. And um, I was hoping Binance would do like a full buyout of Voyager, the platform, the app, the and then make users whole and whatever. So they'll take on some debt in in other words to make users whole because of that three arrows capital loss, and then just kind of like get back in there and like. You know, that would be the best of possible worlds for the users of that platform. And it's actually a nice, simple platform to use. And it's a brokerage. And Binance would basically acquire a brokerage license in that process. I thought that was kind of a the best of all worlds situation. And um, so I was kind of, uh, I, I thought it was not as good to see that not go through. It would have been nice. And then FTX, what they were doing was they were kind of um, buying they were buying assets of Voyager, but not necessarily planning on continuing the actual company, which actually defies the logic of a Chapter 11 bankruptcy in the first place. Precisely. And yeah. had, so, which I doesn't had... make any fucking sense. <laughs> but, <laughs> like, in other words, why do a Chapter 11? Why don't you just simply just give back um, our the remaining money on Voyager then? Like, you could just do that. So, it, with a Chapter 11, um, FTX offered, I think, $50 million in excess, which... Um, you know, would help um, users a little bit, but also handle some of the funds and legal fees or whatever the fuck it is. And um, I don't know, it seems like they did it to maybe get some uh, of Voyager's assets. But here's the thing, like imagine, let's say this had already gone through, then what would happen, right? Now you're just right. basically fucked again because you have another <laughs> liquid exchange who is over leveraged and then could go into bankruptcy. And then you're, it's funny, some of the guys on the one of the, uh, on the Voyager uh, little Twitter group was like, it's a bankruptcy within a bankruptcy. And someone else goes, it's an inception. <laughs> That's like, <laughs> it's a Russian doll uh, of bankruptcies. <laughs> Just fucking crazy. It's like, yeah, like if you had UST and then you're like, okay, I'm going to move my assets to Voyager. And then, you know, and then Voyager goes into shit. And then like, and then you go to FTX and that goes to shit. It's like a serial shitstorm. Uh, where like literally everyone goes to zero. Yeah, I, uh, I, uh, <laughs> I initially bought uh, Luna on Voyager. That was my initial inception into the crypto world. And uh, so <laughs> after my funds got locked, I started uh, 
started buying off Kraken, and I hold a considerable amount on Voyager. And I'm still waiting for this to go through. And now FDX, FDX didn't have a platform for uh, Luna Classic, so they were going to give me 75% of the value um, in, like, I can't believe it. This was like July something. They were giving me 75% of the value in July. And then they were going to move my Shiba Inu and Doge over to their platform, I think. I don't think they, I'm sure they carry Doge. But uh, yeah, so they're going to move that over their platform. But now I just don't know what the hell's going on. Do you get uh, token value or USD value? I'm not sure. I think it's. I think it was token value at that. Uh, so maybe even one on Doge. <laughs> they held it for you. So even if you're getting clawed back at twenty five percent, you're still winning, aren't no, you? No, they would. They would move <laughs> Doge. They would move the Doge and Shiba over to the FTX platform or exchange, and then because they don't host um, Luna Classic over there, they would give me seventy five percent of the work back in July, which is nothing. Yeah, but wasn't Doge like twice as well? Not twice now, but like still almost fifty percent lower back in summertime. Right. Yeah. Yeah, but I think they would exchange. They would just move that value over. They wouldn't. They wouldn't do anything with. They wouldn't give me seventy five percent. They would just move the coins over to their exchange. Yeah, yeah, and you get seventy five percent of the coins, right? Right. Correct. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so that's what I'm saying. You could still win on some some of them. It all depends how long it will take if. If this goes much lower, then no. But like, if it was today, uh, even if you're getting seventy-five percent of your number of Doge coins, you would still be winning, I believe. At the end of the day, <laughs> you're still making money, like in the profit. The forced diamond hands. Well, yeah. I mean, I, I mean, at this point, I don't know what the hell is going to happen. <laughs> now, now, I, I, I use Kraken, and you know, as far as their balance sheet, I mean, are they? Are they a fairly good exchange? You know, I hold I hold some of them on there, but not much. Kraken but. has generally been fine. I don't. I'm not aware of them necessarily using any kind of user funds to like take on leverage or anything like that. Okay. Um, so I think in the war of the exchanges uh, over the long term, sort of Kraken has sort of made it. I think KuCoin by and large has made it. Binance. Um, yeah. So I think. Like KuCoin had a bad time at one point due to a hack. Um, and I don't remember what all happened in Kraken. Kraken had problems with like liquidity sometimes. You'd have these ridiculous like uh, wicked wicks on Bitcoin and stuff that would shake oh, out the market. turbo slips. Yeah, the Kraken turbo slips. Exactly. <laughs> or whatever you want to call them. <laughs> I just used to call them the wicked wick of the West. <laughs> you know, like... <laughs> A lot I of people the, like when it crashes, they put their they they put some money on exchanges like Kraken, and then they put like very low bid because they expect that you will get like you're saying the wicked wick, and then they'll get filled somewhere very low. Yeah, I got to look at the. Um, I need to remember. Like there was one particular one that was very interesting. It was a BTC on Kraken, um, and uh, yeah, yeah, it was like April something. Is so funny. I remember, recall it like vividly just because it was just well known. This is a Kraken event. But yeah, like on, okay, so yeah, on like May, uh, what was it? Um, yeah, like April or May back on Kraken in um, 2019. So there was the beginning of this sort of like bear market rally where BTC went from like, I don't know, like 
3,200 or something up to like 13,8, something like that. And uh, on the way up, there was this moment where the price of BTC went from like 8,000 down to like 6,600, something like that. It was really this big drop. And it was because of a Kraken event. And at the time, I think Oracles and Arbitrage were not as rapid. Maybe there was not as many bots as there are now. And um, that led to the, the dip in Bitcoin price across the whole world sort of thing, um, just from that one liquidation. And I, it was almost like someone had sold too much Bitcoin all at once or made a mistake or uh, triggered some liquidations or something happened. But it was just, just it was an illiquid, it was an illiquid situation on Kraken. The crazy thing, the chart was like, I don't remember what Bitcoin showed, but it like BTC was down to like a thousand bucks or something. And some people argued that this was just Kraken just liquidating all of the uh, longs on purpose or something. <laughs> so there's always a conspiracy during those events. Right. Well, thanks for uh, clarifying that for me. I, I was just a little bit concerned. I'm probably going to put more towards the uh, staking and uh, just hold on for the ride and buy more bags. Yeah, good luck. <laughs> um, machinery, any ideas today? Well, Ethereum is uh, just south of 1300 so. So, hey, what's up? So what's happening to the market, guys? <laughs> Can somebody fill me in? But maybe I oh, missed some. You missed, you missed the excitement. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So except the FTX. Yeah, this uh, is all pretty much, I think, just a general market sentiment deal because of FTX. I don't know that there's anything specific that's happened. Like, I don't think Binance dropped, dumped any or anything like that. I think there's just a general market sell-off. Um, I wonder if uh, Binance is just an FTX bag holder now or what? Like, like I don't know if they actually sold their FTX in any of this. Anybody uh, know? But somehow I saw Binance coming in picture would save the market or would save the day or something like that, right? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, he, he nukes the market, the big savior. <laughs> I still think uh, I, I'm still kind of under the impression after the Terra autopsy, I still think that um, the centralized exchanges were really at fault for the crash of Terra. It wasn't like LFG or even the three pool thing. The reason why Terra crashed is the mixture of like the availability of massive amounts of um, like, you know, they provided the tools to destroy Terra with massive short positions availability. Also, they uh, provided um, no one-to-one -one remittances for UST at the time, even though they were advertising these as stable coins, they should have guaranteed one-to-one -one on KuCoin, on Binance in particular, and they did not. I think that was a lot of why this sort of contagion happened. And actually, every single step of the way, like this whole year, like all of the crashes, including the Three Arrows Capital, and sort of a series of other things, you can actually trace it back in a sense, to some extent to the UST uh, Luna event. And um, the centralized exchanges didn't really, um, they, I think they contributed in a way to what happened, honestly. But anyway. Um, <clears throat> I've just shared something with the group here. So uh, CZ has updated the FTT uh, tick size. So what that means is that he thinks the price is going to go so low that he needs two more decimal places on the FTT. Oh, that's, that's very good information, actually. Um, so that that's a really nice little signal. It's also like CZ like really taking the piss. Like your token, I think you need two more decimal places because 
<clears throat> it was too uh, the price is going to be that much lower. So, I mean, it's already nuked to to fuck, um, but it's just uh, a really fun little little uh, nugget for everybody here. Yeah, they did the same with Luna. Like when it was crashing yes. so hard, they added extra price increments, so more uh, numbers after uh, more decimals. So that's that's good to know because especially if you're trying to catch somewhere close to the bottom, <laughs> it can be that the the bottom you're trying to catch is gonna be still like a thousand times less. Exactly, it can always still go down ninety nine percent. Remember. No matter how much it's already gone down, it can still go 99% further down. Yeah, it's like trying to find the bottom when uh, Luna dropped to the bottom. You can do pretty well if you catch it, but the thing is, um, yeah, you don't know exactly where that is. Um, just You have to be very geometric about it. Like Maybe like allocate very, very lightly, like maybe a 1, 3, 9, 27, you know, like ratio. So that you are, if you're going to bother to do it, like be very, very careful about how you deploy that. So it's, it, you have to do it as a sort of an exponential grid to buy in. You're, if you just simply say, I'm going to catch the bottom, I'm going to throw like a hundred grand at this or something, you're going to get wrecked. Um, you have to be very, very, because um, the way you have to think about it is when you have these kind of tokens and they're going to hit some sort of bottom, you need to be buying at the absolute bottom with absolute force. Otherwise, when you're on the way up, you're not actually going to have enough to counteract any losses you've already had on the way down, which is like, so if you ever use like, I don't know, a lock drop like on Astroport when they released or uh, something like that, like that's on the way down, you really have to be buying very large on at the bottom to make up for for it. So like, cause off the bottom, you know, you could probably do a two or three X pretty easy. Um, so you can re re claim a lot of your, um, losses on the, that you might've made on the way down, but like trying to just pick a number and just saying, okay, I want to buy here. Like (laughs) then, uh, ears is right. Like you could go another 99% down. Then what are you going to do? Right. So be super careful with capital there. Hopefully that makes sense. I don't know if I if I said anything clearly or not. <clears throat> yeah, you should. Uh, catching a falling knife is extremely dangerous because there's really no reason to think that it'll stop falling, um, unless you know something with Luna was they turned off the burn mint, and that was the moment you knew that the uh, the crashing to like not point, no 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 not one was going to stop, um, at least algorithmically, and that's when everyone got wrecked and the shorts got wrecked. So. If you understood the lunar, like if you read our threads, the lunatic threads, and you understood how the burn mechanism worked, like really, and you saw it got switched off, you go, aha, fuck, this is the trade of my life. I'm going to make it all back. Unfortunately, all the lunatics had some kind of like uh, Bambi in the headlights kind of syndrome. And uh, not many of us actually had the, um, the wherewithal to make some money uh, while this whole thing was happening. Um, speaking of making money, what the fuck is Coach doing right now? Because I feel like he's uh, probably <laughs> something. Mm-hmm. Well, it is. I was a bit angry at you for what you said two minutes ago. You referred to this Twitter space as a group of people, but I would say it's a community. Um, I'm going to disagree. I, I don't think we're a community. I don't think there's such a thing as a crypto community. I think we're all here just to do one thing. And if you could say a community is all just here to make money, well, is a gaggle of 
men standing around a single piece of gold with a thousand pickaxes. Is that a community? No, they're rivals. They all want that piece of gold and they're going to hack each other to bits with their pickaxes. But maybe they'll pretend to be friends just for a minute so they can help each other to get to the gold before the others hack them to pieces. I hope that, I hope that makes sense. I don't know what Where can I find minimum in price increment on Binance? Oh, I didn't catch that. Where could I find a minimum price increment on Binance? I, I think if they just, like if it keeps dropping 90%, they just keep adding more and more. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and that's where you see it. I think so, you see someone it. mentioned it. Just go to where you buy and sell and like try to enter an order. You should be able to see it if they've changed it. Cheers. Mm. <laughs> like Kobe, uh, Kobe tweeted like, like, ha ha ha, what the fuck? This industry is so stupid. <laughs> And he's probably like, well, FTX was actually sponsoring Up Only, which is funny when they were on YouTube. Um, so he's probably like, geez, like you can't associate with anybody in this fucking industry without having your name sort of dragged into it. Bruce, did you did you take your name off that proposal, like the one with the multi-sig for Luna Classic? Oh yeah, I, I just I quit. I wasn't sure if you meant that or you were just fucking around. <laughs> No, I, I really quit. The only reason I signed it to start with was because the the devs approached me mm. and they were like, um, we're happy with this. Will you support it? So I was like, okay, if that's if that's what keeps everyone here, why not? Um, but I was like, I'm happy with like tiny salary or no salary or whatever. So, But like when I investigated it and when I thought about it a bit more, I don't want any of the fucking legal risks or whatever and I just don't care about that money anyway and this i don't know i'd rather help on my own basis whenever and how much yeah, exactly not to mention you're sort of like you, you know then you're obligated to do all sorts of stuff what makes more sense actually is just to be almost like a board member role you know where yeah. you know like the basic concepts they run by you and you kind of give it a thumbs up or thumbs down and that's the end of it yeah uh, what i'd rather have is like ed kim or whoever just messages me what do you think about so and so what do you do you know what i mean like just more yeah, free. casually. You're right. You just use whatever sort of like common sense or expertise you have, and it, it's like a board member yeah. role. Because otherwise, you you know, you're obligated to do God knows what kind of work if you're getting paid for it. And, I had them, um, I had them rewrite the proposal. Like they initially sent me some proposal, and I was like, um, okay, I won't, I won't do the multi sick thing anymore. But you can list me as a priest role as a spiritual advisor role and like outline that it's it's somebody who gives spiritual advice and emotional help at key times and maybe even like couples counseling for for members of the board who are arguing and also gives out of the box solutions uh that are delivered by god so like it's, he's actually written that in now <laughs> yeah like if ed kim wants to know how to get laid or something he can ask you for like advice well maybe, like where to exactly. take the girl out or something and i thought it was smart because um not only is it like that situation sorted, but it also makes the proposal funny, which makes it more likely to pass. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. <laughs> it is actually, yeah, throwing a little humor in the proposal probably makes a lot of sense. Uh, yeah, I don't like, I don't know. I, I'm very divided. You know, I was convinced that the chain would make sense as some kind of meme coin chain. And then when everyone started getting serious uh, about it and like, oh, we need to build a, you know, some kind of like perfect blockchain or something. I was like, I don't know where you're going to find the resources for that or who who is going to do this. So the whole thing is kind of 
And even just following Telegram and Discord and stuff, even just superficially, like watching um, conversations go by, takes quite a bit of time. Like you read all the different things and try to catch up and like being Mm. contributing to those things takes quite a bit of time. So, yeah, getting paid for it means that you're obligated to do I don't know what. Yeah. Gucci just got hammered. You guys are looking at Gucci. What happened? It dipped to 78 cents. Just now or just in general, like it's been going down? Yeah, it looks like it's at a low right now. Mm. Yeah, when, when, so what happens with the Cosmos tokens is because all of them are connected to, say, for example, Atom or Osmo or whatever in the AMMs, uh, there's an automatic um, pressure on the, AMMs, when the main tokens like Osmo or Atom go down, they sort of drag everything else down with them. So uh, it's almost expected. Yeah, it it doesn't necessarily mean like a bunch of people are worried about Kuji or selling it or something. It could just be automated. You you know what I'm saying? Like, so so when the L is illiquid as well. Yeah, it's it's relatively illiquid too. That's the other reason. But just just on the LPs, like you'll see this kind of thing. Um, any token t- attached to a major coin, that coin goes down. That's the major liquidity pool. Then everything falls with it because as Adam goes down, the liquidity pool needs to remain balanced, right? So some of the Kuju would have to be converted to Adam uh, to balance out the, uh, the the AMMs, right? The, LP, the liquidity pools. So that's how that plays out. It's pretty standard. Wouldn't would, wouldn't worry too much about it, honestly. Mm, I'm stress eating um, slices of white bread. This is not good. Mm-hmm. Years, what, 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 what? Why are you stress eating? What What is going on with you? I don't know. I just started buying back in pretty recently, and I don't. I'm just not used to this. I don't enjoy it. I shouldn't have started buying back in. Who can? <laughs> it's like self torture. Yeah, this is. I'm just not like acclimatized to this kind of shit. Um, it's a lot. Very soon. Whatever you guys do now, just take it easy. Don't use any big portions of your bags to deploy because it's all up in the air, man. Mm. Here's a here's a question, Safi. What what do you think is going to happen with BTC the next week? Mm, I'm hoping. Well, I don't know about hoping, but I I think uh, around. Uh, 16k would be a good place for it to peter out but the problem is with crypto i don't know things don't usually just go down a little bit like when they go down they go a lot so uh, it's really hard to tell um because things had already kind of flattened out for a while and um normally this would be the time that you'd see a pop in the market i guess you know you could construe this also as like a capitulation event and like whatever happened happened and it's over now. That's another possibility, um, and maybe just just heads on up from now. So it's really hard to say with these things. But uh, like normally, when everyone's bearish, you should be buying, technically speaking, because the you know it's like we talk about. It's like the max seller exhaustion. Everyone's upset, depressed. Like everyone that could have sold or would have sold would have done so by probably tomorrow, and maybe that's the end of it. Maybe I don't know. I'm not sure. I, but I don't know what the hell like is going on with Alameda, how much assets they have. Um, are they going to be involved in terms of any kind of uh, counterparty risks? 
Um, did they own F FTT? Did they, did they borrow off of FTT? Um, and what other assets are they going to sell and all this other bullshit? I have no idea. So um, it's the other thing too, is like with Bitcoin, there were quite a few Bitcoin mining companies that bought too many mining devices and they paid too much for them. Uh, they were kind of like at the top of the market, these things were ridiculously expensive. And people figured, you know, like, I guess they took on a lot of leverage. They used leverage to buy more miners and stuff. And some of those companies became insolvent. I forget the names of them or whatever, but um, I wasn't paying that close attention. But some of them became insolvent. And as the price drops like this, then th that's another question. Um, are more of them going to become insolvent and then price drops even further as they have to sell their Bitcoin or whatever the hell? I don't know. We'll see. Uh, very tough to say. I, I, I sort of look at it this way. Like as each level down, I have an amount I'm willing to spend and like, I'll just spend it and I'll buy some BTC. And if it goes down further, so what? That's kind of how I look at this. There's no other way to look at it because you'll never know the exact bottom. But um, that's the reason. Hey, I Sophie, think like yeah. What do you think about the price action today? I mean, the books are looking thin both sides, right? I mean, uh, we just got this news about FTX and Alameda, but you remember when it went to, from 40K to 25K, it just took seven days and then 11 days from 31 yeah. to 17K, right? Yeah, so, I mean, it's crazy. Do you think that holds right where we are? I mean, we could easily go like, we might be got a crazy week to like 15 something and then level at 16 and then from there on. I don't know. Like the, So remember, there's a price below which it's absurd for miners people to are sell studying. if they don't have to, yeah. right? Yeah. So yeah. miners will start holding the coins, proof of work with BTC. So there comes a point where it's like if things flatten out, and we're already, for a significant portion of the global miners, we're already below the cost to mine. So technically, this is the sort of like, you know, maybe we're, we are in the low zone already. I don't know. But in, historically, like I remember when BTC was like $6,000 to $7,000 to mine, or as low as 4,000 in China before Bitcoin miners left China, you know, the price didn't even hold at the, the lowest cost to mine, which is like 4K, it went down to 3K. So, you know, uh, the, how much the mining floor price actually is a true floor and whatever, it tends to get tested. And I think the lowest cost to mine right now might be Russia, where they, they, they don't have places to sell all of their shit, like their energy. So now they're like, some of those are being converted to Bitcoin in order to uh, monetize the excess energy because they don't have, because of all the sanctions or whatever. I think there's, um, you know, I've heard that like Russia is having to do something with their energy. So BTC mining might be one of them and um, that, but they're getting it at such a low energy cost, like nominal cost. So um, yeah, you know, yeah, Russia, Russia, Russia has a lot of miners, it, especially when uh, I think when the there was the, the official Chinese ban on mining, right? A lot of these miners, because I actually went with conversations with quite a few of them. Yeah, they moved to Russia, topics. right? They moved to Russia and Kazakhstan. Then Kazakhstan had some sort of revolution and they banned mining in Kazakhstan because they had issues with energy. So then they also moved like to Canada and also to Russia. So they have quite a bit. Plus their energy is relatively cheap in general. Right. And so nowadays can, it's even more cheap. Yeah. Yeah. They can, like for them, BTC is still profitable to mine right now. So they're actually just simply minting money that way. Um, yeah. Unlike US and EU, where it's 
not only, like you said, they bought very expensive mining equipment. That's one thing. They also are selling coins that are eating shit for the last six months. And on top of that, energy prices are insanely high since, what, February? So it's really a triple wombo that doesn't look good on the miners in general. Yep. Anybody having any issues with exchanges today outside of like that brief, I think, brief connectivity with Coinbase? Yeah. Oh, I didn't, I didn't I win any. Big, I forgot to mention I didn't today. win the lottery. So, sorry. Yeah. Oh, sorry. No, I had one big issue. Actually, the prices of all the tokens on the exchange dropped hard, you know? <laughs> yeah, I got my like $100 with lottery tickets yesterday. And um, I think I got one number here and there, <laughs> but uh, did, obviously didn't win the the lottery but i guess i shouldn't tell you even if i did win the two billion dollar lottery but whatever wouldn't you share with a community just marked by all the luck yeah that might be an option raise the mcab by a couple of billion i'll sit we'll, we'll have a whole space on what to do with if we win the lottery that's a real productive discussion right <laughs> how many people do you think would tell you to buy <laughs> to market by lunk. I believe quite a few actually, which is jump in and to market by lunk. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you have two billion, that's what you're gonna do with it. It's for, just in for, one go, like in one yeah. click, one exchange. <laughs> yeah, imagine uh moving you, you move a billion dollars into KuCoin in order to buy lunk. That would be something else. And market by it no less. It'll like you know, the 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 price will go like it'll go like instantly to like ten billion uh, market or cap you, or something. Or you can use the the, the grids uh, with uh, with Bruce. He's like a, a very believer of grid bots lately, so maybe he would help you in that. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, Mad Tomic, you getting rich today or poor? Uh, it's all right. It's a good day, I guess. <laughs> you're you're entertained. Yeah, I'm entertained. It's uh, good news. You know, it's bloody, but it's 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 fun to watch. Uh, I heard you say something about FET. That's when I requested to speak about the uh, Binance coin. I think she uh, it's it all started with the uh, CG when he traded about the uh, the coin. What's he gonna do with it? The, the actually they haven't sold any yet. So this is all yeah. this market uh, reaction. It's just market reaction. Exactly. It's just market reaction. Yeah, because uh, they didn't because uh, he had a plan that he they're gonna sell all the FTC that they hold, which is like a billion dollar worth of it like over the course of a few months and then this blows up. So this is like just market, you know, reaction really. So, and then, you know, everybody, it's like, okay. Well, even before this CZ tweet, there were some tweets that came out um, and I wasn't sure how credible they were. Bruce and I were talking about this last week or this last, this earlier in the week mm -hmm. or whatever. Uh, this, there was this idea, like there's some people that were posting that FTX didn't have enough funds. Uh, they had leveraged too much. I don't know where they got their balance sheets from or how, how they had the ability to look at them, but some people definitely posted about it. And we were just sitting around here chit-chatting about whether that was true or not or whether it's FUD, right? Because remember when um, Voyager and Celsius and everything crashed, there was FUD going on on Twitter about KuCoin as well. People were making claims that KuCoin was insolvent, this and that. A lot of people closed up bots, sold and this and that, and moved off of KuCoin for this reason. Um, because, you know, during those times, it's just kind of dangerous if you're not sure. And um, so a lot of people closed on KuCoin and moved and um, nothing happened. Right. So then this thing came out with FTX and it was like, wait a minute, you don't even know if you should retweet those things because you're like, wait, am I spreading FUD? Is this legit? You don't even know. So I tend to look at that and go, huh, 
maybe that's a thing, but I didn't have any uh, money on FTX, so it didn't bother me. But even before um, Binance made the, or CZ tweeted about selling FTX and this and that, um, like, I think what he meant was like, well, okay, there's FUD going around. This balance sheet stuff looks real regarding FTX. And for a risk management perspective, we have to sell. But then, you know, he had to say something because he can't necessarily just, well, he could trade against his own customers, but that's not cool either. So this way he telegraphed that, you know, like we're going to sell. And then of course the market's like, well, what the hell? If you're going to sell, that means that you believe FTX is in fact insolvent because that was sort of the buzz for the prior week. And it was just confirmation that Binance believes that FTX is insolvent. And then it became a self-fulfilling prophecy because FTX had borrowed off of its FTT token. Why you would do that, I have no idea. It's just a simple exchange token. Super, super. They did uh, a swap, didn't move. they? Or was it, was it a package deal? That, like, because Binance had an equity investment. And with equity, there was a part of it was tokens. And apparently last mm. year, I don't Binance, know. the FTX bought back the equity. And uh, now they also, this was maybe vested or something, and then it kind of matured. And then they said, yeah, there is no point for us to keep it there. I think he sold a little bit. Someone here in the chat said, yeah, they didn't sell any. I think he sold a little bit because someone was tracking the wallets, but it wasn't that much. Uh, and But they, they, they did sell if that was the wallet with those supposed tokens. But yeah, it was a big ego fight, I also believe. So, Bruce, uh, have you uh, spoken to CZ lately? We have an interview with CZ tomorrow um, planned. <laughs> Legitimately. We just arranged it. Um, so we'll do that tomorrow. If, if I mean, the, the situation is changing all the time. Key partners, there's, there's correspondence with key partners. Um, obviously, it's a dynamic situation that's changing all the time. So we don't know of the exact schedule but we're intending to slot him in tomorrow for an hour or so. Did you see that one was on up only? Yeah, I missed that. I'll have to find the recording. If they recorded Doc it. one, Gainsey, up only, Shkreli, like the most random crowd. <laughs> Everyone logging in. And at some point, comments started getting really heated up. So Doc one said, oh, okay, I see this is dangerous. And I'm just like... <laughs> Hey Jacob, what's happening, man? Your mic's a little bit off there. Like, it's uh, not is, is this better? Or like better? Yes. Yeah. Cool. Well, hi. Yeah. So, what do you think about this debacle? Which debacle? Oh, this debacle. Um, <laughs> I don't know which well, debacle like, you want like, to talk about first. I mean, if 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 we have eighteen k BTC. That's that's just not a debacle to me. And I mean, like that there were like whale games behind it. Well, <laughs> not not terribly surprising either. So um, unless I don't, you know, if we go below 10K, then we have a debacle. But right right now we have like, well, what is this? 30 percent. It's it's nothing. Mm -hmm. OK. Uh, so. Uh, Jacob, I had a question for you. I didn't get a chance to talk to you lately, but um, the kind of like, I don't know, bugs or issues you found with the Jackal DAO project, is Jackal DAO a chain or is it a, a, a DAP? I don't even know what they are. 
and and why did you happen to notice that they were having issues? Not that I want to dig this whole thing up right now, but um, okay. Let me lean into my mic again. Here we go. All right. I noticed that they were having issues because I was a validator. Now I was a bad validator in this case. Okay. Um, normally, but Jackal DAO is a chain, though, right? Well, or, I think Jackal no. DAO is maybe a DAO. You know, like we we have notional DAO, and and I'll, I'll tell everybody very flatly. It is a corporation that they, that we wish to Daoify by issuing shares on a chain. It, you know, it, we are not yet in that state. Anyhow, I don't really know what Jackal is, right? Um, sorry, the Jackal, like, maybe it's a company. Maybe it's a DAO. Maybe it's some guys who get together and smoke weed. I don't know, right? Um, but what I do know is they launched a blockchain called Canine Chain. Uh, with the jackal currency, and how did I come to know of it? Oh yeah, yeah, I was bitched out. I was bitched out uh, by an Osmosis team member. That's that's actually how, um, and and publicly even too. He he, and this is this is a very quiet person. Okay, uh, since wait, what? Older, you they got upset with you for what though? You did what? I don't understand. I, I, I was validating it, you know, and I'm a very well ranked oh. uh, osmosis validator. Okay, and so you were validating for them, and then the osmosis friend said, Why the hell are you bothering with these people? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and so, you, you, Jim, uh, one of the co founders, and actually it was stronger than Why the hell are you bothering with these people? It was like, uh, I need to collect statistical data on the overlap between the osmosis validator set and the jackal validator set. And then I reached out to him because I, actually Jim is a very quiet person. And, and for him to say much of anything is kind of surprising, right? So I'm like, Jim, what's up? Like, like this is kind of surprising. And, and I'm like, like he, he, he gave me some, frankly, like platitudes. Okay. Like for example, well, it's incomplete. They should, you know, finish their project before launching a token and all this other stuff. And I, I said to him, you know, Jim, Osmosis is not finished. And I, I'm not really aware of any blockchain, maybe other than Bitcoin. Bitcoin might be finished. We'll know in five to 10 years if Bitcoin is finished, like if the protocol doesn't change along the way. Um, but we won't know that fast. And anyhow. He, he was just unusually animated, right? And one thing that I was able to tell Jim, was like, well, Jim, you know, uh, three members of my team told me along the way that the code was particularly weird with this one. And um, I'm not really sure what's up with that. And then I also told Jim, well, hey, man, like, uh, fact of the matter is, um, we did not do our pre-flight checklist on this chain due to a confluence of two things. So a uh, contact of ours at Axelar had recommended it, but the much more important factor, this is probably the, it may be the first chain ever that we didn't get a proper pre-flight che checklist in on. Um, anyhow, the Dragonberry patches were landing at that time. And what I was doing instead of pre-flight checking was like running around and patching all these different chains. So had no time, figured, ah, Axelar referred them. How bad could it be? So you <laughs> kind of got dragged in. You, so you started validating just on kind of like 
good word. And then you <laughs> noticed that this thing was busted. And so, okay. I was just wondering, I, I didn't know if, and I think I understand the story from there. It's like, then it's like, well, you said something, he said something next thing, you know, everyone's angry. Oh, but no, I, I was well, just wondering. There's a, there's, there is <laughs> an important and salient point to take away from all this. And I would like to share it with you guys, which is yeah, sure. be really careful with Citadel though. They do not, they, something is really broken there. And by the way, I'm not speaking of their team member, Rena. Um, was also a board member there. And so it's a very complicated situation, but their, their CEO put Jackal in a lot of additional risk by basically taking screenshots of the private validator chat, um, where I was just like openly discussing billing them. Um, and yes, I was a little cranky because like I'd been working on it for about 48 hours. And yes, I was taken completely out of context. And, uh, if if you were to look up, uh, you know, Pavelutsky, Anton Pavelutsky, he is the CEO of Citadel Bow. Uh, he spent the next, oh, I don't know, three days in, like, constant attack mode on Notional because we had halted the chain. And I just, you know, I have, I have one question to the Citadel Bow team. I know the answer already because their node is actually up. But but guys, who wrote the code you're running? <laughs> it was very, very bad. And I I please do not think, oh, Jacob is fudding the competition. I have lots of competition. And we we could do lots of fudding. But this one is just like something's really wrong. Oh, oh and by the way, their CEO was nationally dramatic. Yes, it was unnecessarily dramatic and distracting during a security incident and like actually the jackal team was cool like I, look nobody wants to halt a chain right it's it's very stressful for every single party involved um that chain you want to hear some bullish stuff though but was there is there any money on that chain yet or is or is there any capital flow in there or is it just like uh, a million dollars worth of osmo in the pools okay. um okay I mean, there's money. I, I wouldn't say it's a ton of money, but it, it, there's definitely, yeah, the chain was capitalized. You could say that. So the, um, the, your concern was like loss of funds if something happened. Uh, yeah. that, or, or, or did you have to halt even just to fix this thing in the first place? Well, and, and, and once again, I want to tell the audience because like, I, I, my next call is with Jackal, and I'm actually pretty excited about it. Um, uh, but Jackal is really bullish for Cosmos. Allow me to explain. This is, to my understanding, a rather young, rather inexperienced team that sort of just like threw bits of software together, somehow got it to work, did Genesis, and ended up with a million bucks in Osmo in the pool. Now, I, I don't know the intermediary steps, right? All I'm saying is for, for people who eh, it seems like they might have one programmer, on the team, if you, if you look at their code base, uh, I mean, we rewrote the chain while it was down. I mean, like, no file went untouched. Um, 754 files, if I recall correctly. <laughs> um, and um, so, my point here. I have, this is a really bullish sign, actually. And 
All I really hope is that, like, for the next inexperienced team that wants to enter Cosmos and, like, you know, it's really going to go full throttle like they did, um, you know, one, I, I don't really know if Jackal hired an auditor. If they did, like, I, I really want to know the name of the auditor so I can, you know, make sure they don't get hired again. Um, and then, you know, two, have an audit. And then three, like, know the best practices, right? Like, um, when I'm talking about best practices, I mean, like, software tests. I mean, like, little things like code formatting. Um, I mean, uh, using a linter to sort of, like, provide additional verification and structure to the code. Um, in fact, those those items are not really an audit, but they prepare you really well to check the logic of a chain because once you have those done, the code is a lot more readable and you can, you know, you can really dig in at that point. But when there are small issues that really might not be all that consequential, uh, the trouble is these can mask, you know, much larger problems. So, that's one of the things that I've grown to be really strict about. Guys, I have uh, four minutes, and if anybody has questions or wants me to shut up, what's up? Well, yeah, it's interesting. So, but Jackal Dow, just I hadn't heard about it before. But like, what is the purpose of the chain? Is it like a like a smart contract? Is it a? It's designed to do what? Like, what's the point? Is it just for fun or what? <laughs> just asking. Oh, uh, no, it was, it was more than just for fun. And actually, they had some decent code, most of which I needed to remove. The, the biggest security issue was uh, actually likely if somebody was trying to attack, could have stolen the priv validator key. But they had a really neat riff on NFTs that, that's still actually up and running. So that's one thing that didn't get removed. Um, beyond that, you know, the concept of like hash linked file storage that you can do with IPFS and stuff. Um, that is another thing that they had, but that's now been removed. Like the, uh, there were a number of things that weren't really kosher about that code. And um, actually in three minutes now, I'm going to be hopping on a call with them and trying to see, I think we are still validating. I, in the end, um, so we have like a founding team of five at Notional and I was really tired after that week. So I actually, I'm not a hundred percent sure that we're up on that chain, but I think we are. And I, I just said, Hey long, like, you know, do what you think is best. <laughs> Interesting. Okay. I guess we'll find out more about that whole story as it goes along. I suppose <laughs> I just wasn't sure this was some chain or DAP or what, but if it's a chain and then. Yeah, uh, it's a freestanding chain. Um, and, and I do want to say that, that their team pleasure to work with. And like, I don't know what happened with the CEO of Citadel Dow, but that was really outside of what I consider to be appropriate for a validator. Uh, and particularly in a security sensitive situation. Yeah. I, I'm interested in uh, as tooling comes around where it makes it simpler to spin up a chain, I think it'll be in also what'll be very exciting is just the post interchain security um, release era where, you know, spinning up consumer chains might be easy and perhaps very secure so that different things can be spun up without this much drama. Hopefully that would be cool. How many people can you get to buy a Raspberry Pi? 
Wait, what's that now? What about Raspberry Pi? Oh, all it takes is about like 200 people with Raspberry Pis and you can have a blockchain. It's really, oh, okay. really cool. Tendermint yeah, is awesome. Cool. Um, guys, I'm going to run off to this next call. Uh, really cool to be on here and catch you guys later. Yeah, great having you, man. Catch up later. All right, cool. Bye. Uh, Bloomer, did you... <laughs> we kind of left you behind on the comments earlier. Oh, no, it's cool. I got about to jump into a meeting. I just... I think it's interesting how, like, the... Seth, you tell me, man, like, it's not like FTX is such a widely participated in, like, protocol or exchange in the States. So, like, I'm not surprised on some of this stuff. I just, I mean, do you know a ton of people? I mean, do you know a ton of people using FTX in the States? I, I don't. Right. Mm, I've not been. Yeah, I've never used yeah. it. I've never really right. messaged it. It's, so it was getting bigger, obviously, but right. um, it was getting bigger, but it wasn't know. like widely used. Like so, so it does make sense, kind of like that. The utility of the token wasn't really there, so that that's part of it. But I'm sure everybody knows that anyway. But I got to jump. Yeah, in, it's like it, the, the exchange tokens were largely meme tokens, honestly, and they were the meme based on the brand name of the exchange more than they were necessarily like utility. It'd be like I don't know. Like, you know, probably a Louis Vuitton purse or something, probably, you know, maybe, you know, they produce it for like a thousand dollars and they sell it, or maybe they produce it for 400 and they sell it for like thousands of dollars. It's that kind of situation with, um, with, uh, with like these meme tokens in a sense with especially exchange tokens, they're, they're not valued for what their utility is. They're just valued because of brand name largely. Well, not with BNB. I mean, F F FTT is like what you get smaller fees. That's yeah, it. FTT is just an ERC twenty ETH token. So yeah, it's just basically a bullshit token. Yeah, um, and it's like a it's chains, truly a meme token. Coin. Yeah, yeah, it's and truly a meme with marginal utility, right? Whereas, yeah, BNB is different. It's like a primary token of the of the exchange or whatever. So the BNB token, the I believe, stuff, right? The, I, I never participated. In it. If I'm not mistaken. You can also do launch pads. Like yeah. Staker, BNB, and then you participate in the shit coins. If I'm not they mistaken, really BNB is kind of like an ETH fork chain, and BSC, Binance Smart Chain, is a Cosmos chain. Those are the two different, um, two different things. Is the is the first version still existing? Because I know at some point there were both of them. At some point, they fully migrated. If I'm not mistaken, to like the BSC or BEP20 or whatever they call it. Yeah, I don't know what. Yeah, I haven't paid attention at all. I played very briefly on uh, like Binance, just I think I played on a couple of random tokens just to test out the chain and play last maybe two years ago, but I barely did anything there. So I have no understanding of what the fuck's going on in the Binance world. I just really don't know at all. Just I just don't pay attention at all. I don't find that there's anything really exciting there personally. I think the BNB token... Um, has done well because of just the like the Binance again. It's like a lot of Binance meme effect, um, but there's nothing special about the token, and it's horrifically centralized. So um, if something bad happens to Binance, you can bet your bottom dollar that like, BNB is going to go to zero. So like, same like exactly. It's the same story. So it's very centralized. So I don't know why anyone would want to hold massive quantities of it, but you know, to each his own, I guess. Unless you're market making, that's that's the only reason why you would have it. If you're market making and you have like tens or hundreds of millions of daily volume, that really saves money for you. 
otherwise also sure no idea. sure sure and not only that but like the on binance itself like um you have some options like uh, so the primary reason why like bruce uses uh, binance uh for bot trading for example is the busd trading pairs are essentially um free in terms of uh fees so if you're running bots you can run them without the fees which is qu quite a bit more profitable than if you get if you're paying point like let's say 0.12 or 0.1 or 0.3% fees on different exchanges because on bot trading you're you're relying upon like a 1% increment difference in grids and if part of that is like 0.3% is taken in fees then you're only making 0.7% perhaps right like so that kind of thing so any fees uh, take away from your profitability so binance got really popular for uh, Bitcoin BUSD pairs and whatnot, like over the last uh, six months or so. I don't remember when they changed this fee structure, but like you'll notice that BTC um, volume on Binance just completely skyrocketed over the past six months because of these fee changes or whatever. Um, that's about as much as I paid attention to it. I don't really, tr uh, not, I don't really, I don't trade Bitcoin, I only buy it. So I don't pay that close attention to like i don't know trading platforms and worrying about btc with that purpose in mind so anyway yeah it's it's interesting like this ftt sort of ftt.com buyout thing is i think mainly um i don't know like it, it certainly didn't help the ftt token um i don't know what other purpose uh they had in doing that as opposed to letting uh, like, why would Binance want to be involved with that at all? I'm not sure. Like, what's in it for them? I'm not really sure. Maybe to acquire a company on American soil, maybe? And I don't even know what kind of regulatory shit that has. All the licenses. Wasn't, wasn't that FTX has, like, insane amount of licenses everywhere as compared to Binance, where it's, like, quite restricted in a lot of countries? Well, one of the things was the potential for... Uh, them to of FTX to take over Voyager, which has a brokerage license, and I don't know if this is another sort of route to maybe get to that end game where they can get a brokerage license in the United States, and sort of Binance can start um, like uh, you know a platform in trading platform in earnest within the within the continental United States. Maybe that's what it is. I don't know because like Binance US is not that popular and fairly limited honestly like i don't know if anyone here uses binance us probably nobody <laughs> um so it's also like not that yeah uh, well us regulatory regimes make it much more difficult to try to offer leverage platforms in particular probably for reasons well like ftx just had <laughs> so um yeah i don't know like when people like say they don't like regulations and stuff um uh you know these are the types of issues that the reason why regulations exist sort of because of this type of drama like there's nothing about any of this that's new like i think like people think that just because crypto like all of a sudden money and for finance are like really new <laughs> like they're really not like these are all the type of uh things that um have had regulations for a very long time in terms of like intermingling like yeah alameda being kind of a hedge fund and then FTX being kind of an exchange and I don't know, kind of commingling there. Where it gets to kind of really dubious ethics is if um, like, for example, 
Alameda was trading on FTX and trading against customers where like, you know, you have already a lot of inside knowledge about the, 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 the book. So now you're able to trade against your customers and make money off of them. Uh, that would be really uh, technically unethical. And I don't know where Alameda did most of its trading. Um, I'm, I'm not sure exactly how that works. Uh, well, so usually they, they ask you to have the Chinese wall. And I'm pretty sure the information would leak. Like, wasn't it this also with BitMEX? That's why they got like uh, sentencing because they, they were trading yeah. against customers. Right. And they would know their stops and uh, they would know where the liquidations are and they would just run the market back in the days, which is extremely yep. illegal. Yeah, it's, it's illegal, particularly um, yeah, in certain countries. <laughs> like, uh, and I think Arthur Hayes. Uh, got away with it for quite a while and i think he he might have thought too that he would have been able to be immune because i think they were in what british virgin islands or something if i recall where bitmex was um and a lot of u.s users were on bitmex using vpns and stuff and um yeah i don't remember like which authority actually took down arthur hayes was it um i don't remember if it was, it was u.s or was it other international um, I'm pretty sure it was U.S. That's the only authority that really gives a shit about what's happening elsewhere. Yeah, and I think they might have gone after him with the idea that, well, you offered this to American customers and they got wrecked or something. So, yeah, it's interesting. Uh, everyone wants like different things like decentralization and whatever. But I've noticed the opposite. Like People talk about decentralization, but most people actually want centralization. And the proof is when something bad happens. They go crying to their senators. They go crying to their um, attorney generals. They go crying to their um, various government officials and say, hey, what did this, like, what happened? Are these people scamming me or what? Like, it happened particularly with uh, the Voyager bankruptcy. Um, so a, a lot of people that were Voyager customers, like, sent messages to um, their senators of their states and this, that, and the other thing, and, like, uh, wanted to get... Um, you know, to find out, like, you know, what did this company do? Or, you know, are, or are they doing any, anything illegal, et cetera, et cetera. And a lot of people who are on um, Voyager in particular didn't even know that it was a brokerage, technically. They're like, oh, they figured it was a normal crypto exchange or like a custodial site where, but Voyager was earning yield for customers by lending out assets to, in, in the case of 3AC, to the order of $700 million. What kind of drugs that they were doing to give, 3AC, $700 million, I don't know. But the point is, like, that was all legal. And But the, but the point I was trying to make is the public actually wants centralization when the shit hits a the fan. They want the FBI to do something. They want the, um, like, they want uh, 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 financial services to do something. They want um, SEC to do something or whoever. And uh, then you get a whole bunch of complaints. And in fact, uh, you know who got a lot of complaints was the... Um, uh, when the Voyager thing happened was the um, FDIC Insurance Corporation, the Federal Deposit Insurance Corporation in the United States, basically um, insures your money in your bank account for, um, you know, $250,000 plus. So in case the bank becomes insolvent, you can apply for FDIC um, reimbursement and FDIC will, will pay you out. And Voyager had this interesting relationship with Manhattan National Bank and um, uh, had user funds um, in USD funds uh, in Manhattan National Bank. If, but it was only like FDIC insured 
if Manhattan Bank went under, not if Voyager went under. And that was a distinction that was not made clear. Um, it, so the way Voyager marketed their platform was, hey, your funds are FDIC insured, which they technically sort of semi are, but not if Voyager loses them or not if Voyager goes into bankruptcy, only if Manhattan National Bank were to die. And there was no like Manhattan Bank is fully solvent. There's nothing particularly going on there. So that was a fiasco. And then on top of that, like Voyager uh, customers didn't understand the difference between USD, USDC, and whatever. They figured their money's just whatever. So they, <laughs> they uh, uh, went afterwards and complained to FDIC. They got like thousands of complaints. And <laughs> FDIC was like, wait, why are, why are you complaining? Voyager is not on the list of banks that are FDIC insured. What are you talking about even? They, did, they had to take time to figure out what the hell is going on. And then like, um, yeah, there were issues with Manhattan National Bank. And then, you know, these relationships are very weird. And the public though, to make my point, like basically the public just screams to the central authorities the moment something bad happens. So um, it's not so much that regulators are out to get everybody or regulators are out to like, you know, get DeFi people or central exchanges. The public is who goes and complains to them. And that is what ends up triggering like, okay, well, you imagine you're a bureaucrat and all like thousands of people are showing up, sending you emails and they're mailing their senators and their congressmen and all these other people that, you know, something happened. Where, where's my money, right? So in a flight of panic, uh, you know, having talked to so many people in crypto, it's like, I would say 99% of people don't even know what the fuck's going on. They don't, they don't know how any of this works in all seriousness. Like they just like have a superficial understanding of even the normal laws of finance, like much less uh, crypto laws or anything related to uh, crypto. And, um, you know, they, the public just is like, well, this is an app I got on the app store. Basically, like, why, why is my money gone? Like, why is uh, uh, what's happening? So that's what triggers a lot of the, um, the regulatory sort of stuff is bad events. Otherwise, regulators are like other bureaucrats. They don't have time for this shit. They have much bigger fish to fry with way bigger amounts of money. And they, don't, they didn't care that much. They're getting dragged into it and being forced to care by the public who's actually submitting the complaints. And um, so, yeah, a lot of the people in crypto are not necessarily your decentralization DeFi friends. Like they're just normal people just speculating or losing money or whatever it is. And um, they have no idea what the point of crypto is or decentralization or some sort of libertarian value system or anything like that. So, um, so uh, yeah, it's, it's uh, well, welcome to mainstream adoption. In other words, uh, that's just what that looks like. So, but at the same time, like, I think the centralized exchanges, um, you know, it's, it's doesn't make sense for them to function um, like brokerages or where they borrow off of either user funds or, um, you know, tokens and things. I think FTX, if, I, if my understanding is correct, they didn't necessarily borrow off of user funds. Like, in other words, they didn't lend out user funds the way like Voyager would because it has a brokerage license. I think FTX just simply had a lot of FTT token and they borrowed off of that because the collateral as collateral, I think, or, or maybe they borrowed, uh, what they could have done is they could have borrowed generally speaking money, but they showed on the balance sheet FTT and that was shown as their part of their collateral. But now that their collateral yeah, values, yeah. now that their collateral values going down. Yeah, because right. I've done this before. Borrow so much money. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I've done this before as well. Like uh, there was a construction project I had to do, a commercial um, project, 
And I showed my um, BTC balance as a collateral for a loan. And uh, the bank was like, okay, sure, why not? They, they use that. Now, that, that wasn't the only thing that they used, but um, you can technically use assets of any kind as collateral if the bank chooses to accept them um, as like part of your net worth or part of your income or balance statement. And um, yeah, so that, that may be what FTX did. It may not necessarily be that they um, like lent out the FTT or something like that and then used it as collateral. They may have just shown it on a balance sheet and borrowed money from a bank. And then I think they were on the hook for like five or six billion dollars. I think there was a um, capital raise attempt, I think, over the last two days of something like five to six billion dollars. And um, the, that's just the rumor I heard. And that that often obviously didn't materialize. Who's going to show up with five or six billion dollars? I mean, unless you're like a like exactly like a large a fund, like a, you know, BlackRock or Fidelity or. Um, Citadel or somebody like who in the world is going to come and bail these people out? Um, nobody. So um, that didn't happen. And here we are. So <laughs> interesting chain of events there. Well, I also think what contributed a lot is that uh, FTX had an insane background. Like uh, is with all the other exchanges, uh, people, people would see rumors, but not everyone started drawing funds. And with FTX, suddenly, in like one or two days, everyone decided to withdraw. Where, let's say, it could be short-term liquidity crunch, right? Where maybe they could also uh, show some losses or say cover it. But in this case, everyone was just running, flooding, sharing everything. CZ also not helping with the situation. I think even that there was like Caroline from FTX, the CEO, uh, or like Alameda, I'm not sure which, which CEO she is, whether Alameda or FTX was also posting that, you know, those balance sheets claimed by CZ or whoever spread the rumor are just partially true. But when people think, what was it? Net withdrawals was like 6 billion in like two or three days. Yeah. yeah that's, that's how that, things that's happen, a heavy man. Hit. Yeah. That's a heavy hit. Like you, you could make any bank go bankrupt like that. That's very quickly. Yeah. And they quickly knew that they were insolvent at that point. Insolvent in the sense that like, the value of their collateral was less than the, the amount that they had owed by a substantial uh, amount, in which case they would have been obligated to report to whoever they're borrowing from. And um, ultimately, if they're insolvent, then the question becomes, okay, like what's going to happen next to that company? They could sell the platform and its assets perhaps to CZ. I don't necessarily know whether that means that he would take on whatever uh like debt that they have so so like the asset sale um may not be the entirety of the company i don't know what the intent to sell or whatever that was that was sent to cz or binance actually contained and and yeah there's there's a whole lot of nuance to that but um and then you have to ask yourself too like wait what's in this for binance exactly what do they stand to gain except for a bunch of headache um i don't know but like it's not so good like the currently the interesting thing about decentralized finance in particular is transactional fees have been uh relatively low and uh block space is becoming relatively cheap and and that's by no means a small effect of cosmos in general so like to me is like when part of the reason why i i started getting a little bit bearish even on like Voyager or even some of the central exchanges and their relatively high transaction fees 
is because the more you look into it, the more you're like, wait a minute, like um, a lot of what you can do in centralized exchanges can be done within the cosmos. Ultimately, it's simply a matter of time where the centralized exchanges are simply not profitable enough to run in the, the way, in the way that they do, you know, and uh, carrying tons and tons of different types of blockchains on an exchange like Binance or Voyager or whatever has, a, there's a lot of backend work involved with that. There's a lot of uh, development time to sort of like every time a chain gets upgraded or something changes, then there's a huge amount of work that has to be done in centralized exchanges when you talk to these people. And um, like I, when I talked to the CEO of Voyager and stuff like that, you know, you, you, the amount of time it took to make changes and implement modifications was just extreme. So running a centralized exchange just sort of sucks, like in many ways. Um, it's like a thankless sort of thing with the high expenses and even Coinbase, like look at the way that they're raising their fees. Um, in order to somehow maintain uh, profitability. Um, so yeah, the, like the cost of uh, doing business on exchanges, when the transaction fees get high, number of transactions drop precipitously from the perspective of bot trading and everything else. And that's a lot of where the actual fees come from outside of offering leverage, right? And the American exchanges, they have problems in that like Coinbase and others, um, you know, get into the regulatory problems of offering leveraged products and the leverage products are what make you any money. Like ask, you know, the you know Bitmex or uh, ask uh, uh, Binance or whoever. That's where the money's made. So it's like now that you know Cosmos has things. There's going to have like DYDX, and it's going to have I don't know, say network and this, that, and the other thing. You're going to be able to do a lot of the stuff that you do on centralized exchanges. The only thing remains is what's the fiat on ramp ultimately. And if you can get a uh, you know a way to get I don't know cash into Atom. Like who needs a whole centralized exchange at that point, right? You don't need any of that shit, honestly. And um, I think some of the on-ramps like Transact and some of these other products where you spend like one and a half percent fees to pay on like credit card or whatever fees, you know, maybe that's what it's going to end up being. Maybe you wind up paying a 1% fee or something like that standard to get cash into a system. And then after that, you're just sort of like free to play within the cosmos or whoever. So I think, uh, the Cosmos ecosystem is so big and can grow so like exponentially larger, so much larger. Any number of projects you can possibly imagine would be easy to spin up, relatively speaking. It, like as, as it becomes simple and simple to spin up a chain, any company, any project, any whoever, you individually could spin up a chain and do whatever you want with it. Um, so yeah, tokenization and securitization becomes really, really simple and highly democratized, especially for many small countries. Imagine if the toolkit for like spinning up a Cosmos chain is just going onto a website, like almost like you do a WordPress or a Shopify webpage or something like that. And you can spin up a blockchain and you're maybe a small business in a small country. Um, there is a, a tremendous amount of capability for the systems to take over what you would consider like accounting businesses um, and a lot of other functions that could be taken care of on, in this type of method at very low cost, like super low cost. Um, especially when your company can have its own blockchain. So where in the world is there substantial room for centralized exchanges at that point? There isn't. All you need is substantial fiat on-ramps into, say, um, like, you know, Cosmos liquidity pools and done, right? Like, there is no reason to have centralized exchanges anymore. Um, and, you know, you can spin up as many DEXs as you want. You can put DEXs on your individual chains if you want. You can have entire DEX chains like Osmosis or, um, you know, or whatever. So there's so many possibilities and the, and the transaction fees are so relatively low 
that um, I think uh, ultimately the money that's going to be made is going to be made in the app chains. Um, and I think uh, that was described by several of the guys on different discussions. Um, like if you think about like, I don't know, Apple or Google or Microsoft or whoever, um, the internet service providers are not who made most of the money in, in the internet. It was the apps themselves. Um, the apps are the, the major um, utilities uh, that were built on top of the internet, like Google, um, et cetera, made most of the money, the sort of web two money, whether it's Facebook or whoever. And the original people that built the internet, I don't know, like Cisco or, you know, people like that, uh, they did okay, but they didn't make anywhere near as much money as the um, big centralized web two providers. So the app chains are probably going to be where money's being made in the long run. And everything else sort of like, to me, has a potential to just simply go to zero. Because like, why would you need, like, if the cost of block space is so cheap, why would you need a billion chains? All You're, you're not going to even care what chain you're on at that point. If all of them are just as good, you're just going to want to know what services are on this chain that I want or I'm going to use. That's, that's it. That's the only thing you're going to care about, right? Like when you go to your app store on your phone, um, you no longer worry whether your phone's going to work. You're pretty sure it's going to work. All you care about then is what? Like you walk into the store, you buy your iPhone, you buy your Android phone. You don't care which one you get. You just use whatever. And you know that you're going to get apps on both platforms. And then all you care about at that point is which app do you want to buy? Uh, whatever serves you or your business or whatever. And even there, like a vast majority of the money is made by probably the top, probably what, 500 apps or something. Maybe the top 100 apps maybe make most of the money. So, um, yeah, it's it becomes a very, uh, uh, blockchains are kind of going this route. And I think, um, um, yeah, in, for, for me in particular, I think the, the Cosmos chains offer a lot of the best opportunities as far as uh, for businesses and things. So, anyway. Uh, yeah, uh, I don't know if Jade's uh, actually busy or not. She might be at work. <laughs> she, I'll see if she can speak. Um, yeah, any other comments, Shrut? What have you been up to today? Did you buy anything yet? Uh, it was I was doing some uh, leverage shorts on GMX on Arbitrum. But other than that, I've just... Earlier this morning, I got out of some of my LPs, and I, I'll just figure I'll just buy back in when things decide to pick a, a direction. Um, I, I did note though, um, so crypto.com bought the arena. Voyager was invested in the Mavericks. Um, uh, what, what's the other one? Uh, I guess Celsius didn't do anyone, but then FTT or FTX had what the stadium in Miami. Terra had the national stadium. So I'm starting to think, uh, what was it? There, wasn't there like a video game, like a college, a college game? Or, or like it was like a baseball game where if you were on the cover, like the next season, like the player always got hurt or some shit like that. So I think it's the same, the same curse. Oh, it's a, crypto starts advertising course. on sports. Yeah. Once crypto starts advertising on sports, that's the fucking death nail. Yeah. Voyager had a NASCAR. I think maybe crypto.com did. I think there's like, yeah, all sorts of advertising was happening. They were burning through These companies are burning through a lot of money in advertising, which actually misses the point of sort of web three where you can do decentralized sort of like more viral advertising, um, which is much cheaper in a sense that, uh, than, uh, TV ads and whatever, but it did bring a huge amount of crowd in and caused a massive pump. So go figure. Hey Jade, what's up? You staying busy today? Hi, I am at work, but I've just been riveted by everything going on the last 24 hours um ever since Marin called the lunar eclipse six months ago i just 
I don't know. I believe I, I'm her biggest supporter. And I just so now you're, you're just a full astrology follower then. I, you know, I really am. I felt point. off all weekend. Like I haven't been sleeping. I haven't been eating right. I just, the energy has been off. Um, and so I woke up this morning. I have like notifications set for Kobe and literally on my phone, it said, what the fuck? And then did FTX just buy Binance? So I didn't even <laughs> need to. <laughs> That's what I woke up to. I was going to have to scroll through a bunch of stuff, but it was just right there in front of my face. And then I was watching, I don't know if you guys watched the Twitch, the stream. Did you watch it with Do Kwan when he came on? I didn't get to the... I came on... I was at work until... Um, oh, my I God. You right missed it, Sefi? Was it funny? Oh, my... Oh, my God. This has got to be one... Of, it's got to be one of the most classic streams, I think, in... I don't know, crypto Twitter. I saw it after the other guy came on, Shrekel or whatever his name is. I, Did you see when he said, oh, jail isn't that bad? Don't worry, bro. Yeah, that was funny. I oh, like my God. It was... Did Doe actually speak? Because I, I saw him on there just smiling. I didn't hear him talk. Did he talk at all? Yeah, no, he was talking a little bit in the beginning and then okay. not so much towards the end. I've never really seen him that quiet. Uh, it was a bit strange. Yeah, but Toby's always hilarious. So I, I enjoy watching him and listen to his tweets and stuff. Yeah, he said it was like 7 a.m. and he was just there drinking. And um, it was just a really, you know, interesting Motley Crue sort of people that were coming on. But this whole thing the last couple of days has just been a lot to watch. So. What did Doe say, though? Did he say anything interesting? Uh, you know, I actually, I'll pin it. I retweeted someone that basically summarized, you know, all the interesting things. So let me share that with you guys one second. It's <laughs> funny. Thanks for checking out another episode of The Ether. That was part one of a two-part Chepe space. Opportunities. When opportunity knocks, will you answer? Recorded on Tuesday, November 8th, 2022. For TerraSpaces.org, I'm Finn. Thanks for listening. And if you want to keep listening, head on over to TerraSpaces.org slash donate and show some support. When we blow through the dust, volcanoes erupt. No one ever guessed that the game would be tough. Keep it hands off when the play is a bust. Plain old and just, so we keep it on the one. Blast off on the two. Help me see the three. Third eye open wide, checking out the scene. Razor beam focused, Starscream jokers. Living off the fat of the people they approach. Tell me what happens when the land fights back. With the cliffs at our backs, make the last stand matter. No one ever planned for the famine on deck. We was walking all erect with the dead man's swagger. Sitting in a little den, envision in the middle men. Listen to the fatal man play a little ditty then. Talk about how all the leaders seem reptilian. Lost in the maze, trying to make the next bubble-bubillion. Talk about how all the leaders seem reptilian. Lost in the maze, trying to make the next bubble-bubillion. Little Dan envision in the middle men Listen to the fiddle man play a little ditty then Talk about how all the leaders seem reptilian Lost in the maze trying to make the next bu -bu -bu No one gave a shit till the drugs all dried up Everybody died from a bad batch of Lysol But it didn't matter we was all hyped up When the pedal lit the metal he just didn't have the right skill Watched in the daytime till the night curfew Rats in a cage till they make time to murk you Got a little job that falls under my purview We gotta get this mob away from the Birds view. 
Gotta find cover, wipe off the bird poop, write off the work while you try on the worst juice. Blinded by perps who try to reverse truth, slide like Fox News just trying to lie to you. Eating up the slop like a bunch of hungry vagrants. I can't wait for the day they lock us up in stasis. Mock up a basement, could call me resilient. Waiting for the internet to make me a billion. Vision in the middle, men listen to the fiddle man play a little ditty, then talk about how all the leaders seem reptilian, lost in the maze, trying to make the next bubba billion. Talk about how all the leaders seem reptilian, lost in the maze, trying to make the next bubba billion. Ten spaces.